For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance and Metal Injection. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 262 of MSR Cast, your heavy metal podcast. Uh, this, I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with. Hey, I'm Sean the Metal Pigeon. What's up, Metal, metal, metal Pigeon? How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing okay. You ready to handle all this metal from last year? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Uh, we also have some very special guests with us this evening. Again, of course, we could not do this without the metal detector, Justin Corbett. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm I am ready to uh, discuss and debate metal with you tonight. All right, let's do it. Um, and we also have a couple other special guests. Uh, I was a guest on his podcast a few months ago. We talked about sent the band Sentence to the favorite of mine, uh, Wolfman Dave from that metal podcast. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, dude. Look forward yeah. to this discussion. All right, let's do it. We have uh, last but not least. The guy who's listened to every single metal album that's come out in 2021, <laughs> uh, Christian like Renner. He, you're a uh, you're a writer, and you're uh, if you're ever, if you're on the Metal Geek Society Facebook page, you definitely see his post about every single uh, killer release that he talks about. So, Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. So, Dave, on the Senate episode, it was me, you, and Christian, and we came up with a, a title for Christian that I cannot remember. Do you remember it? The Metal Encyclopedia. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) So Sean's the pigeon. Justin is a detector. Christian is the encyclopedia. Sounds good. When you combined, you combined them all. (laughs) We are are Voltron. It's like Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) So if uh, if you know anything about the show, we've been doing this for a long time. We always do our rewind episodes, um, so we're going to basically talk about our favorite albums from the past year, um, and we're going to sort of do this one by one. So uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it, guys. Our our co-host is the Metal Pigeon. So what we're going to do uh, we're going to probably do your top ten, and then some honorable mentions, uh, honorable mentions, and your you know your ten to twenty or whatever quantification you have for your albums we'll just talk we'll just mention and then we'll actually get a little bit more in depth with your top 10 so if you're ready to go my friend uh let's let's do it uh so we're i'm going first you're going first <laughs> right. not to throw you under the bus or anything but let's do it okay so you know it's weird i mean, i guess i'm going to talk about this in reverse even though i publish it in uh with my with my number one at the top, which is not how most people do it, but um, where do you where would you publish that at? At, at themetalpigeon.com. There you go. So yeah, number ten. Um, do, we, do we need special sound effects like number ten? No. <laughs> I mean, you can just say it if you want. Number ten was uh, was Epica, <laughs> Omega, oh. which was the most surprising thing I think on my list for me personally, because. Really, dude. I don't like Epica typically. I, I've never really liked them. I've even once walked out in the middle of their performance just because I was bored. 
And I've always thought all their albums up till now have been just sort of, uh, you know, they lack cohesion. They lack focus. There's too much Mm -hmm. emphasis on symphonic elements. And for whatever reason, this time around, I gave this new album a shot and I found out that they just sort of simplified their sound and just focused on good vocal melodies, very like uh, minimal symphonic structures, just basically kind of made a Nightwish record. And it sounds amazing. And I couldn't stop listening to this album. I and agree. I, and for a while, I just kind of thought, ah, it's just, it's just me having a bit of fun. And then what's the, the, what's the name of the album? I'm sorry. Omega. Omega. Um, and it was one of those I, albums that snuck up on me like, at the end of the year. I looked at my too, play dude. count it's, and it's I was like, oh. Definitely crap. lower my list because uh, it, I listened to it when it first came out. I'm like, oh, this is actually a really good epic album. And I really loved their first album and their first two albums. And they just sort of got same and repetitive to me. I love Simone Simon's vocals. I really do. Um, she's one of my favorite parts when she's in like an Arion project or something like that. Definitely. But, uh, Epica has always been sort of hit and miss. And then Mark, the the one of the, the songwriter, the the gr- the the growly guy, when you mm-hmm. call him that, he's always phenomenal with his his gruff vocals. And I agree with you, Sean. They they really were able to pinpoint into everything that's good about the band on this album. And it's catchy. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and you know, one of the songs on there, um, this ballad rivers, I thought was really good. That made my best songs list. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it was just one of those things I couldn't deny it, even though at the end of the, and the, the funny thing is the album that it was, that it took the place of that didn't make my top 10, I was I really loved that album, but I had to decide between the two of them. And the thing that I used to be the tiebreaker was play count. How much did I listen to that versus mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And Epica was winning by a mile. So yeah, that's the same thing I had to do with my top ten. Is how many times did I listen to this album over other albums? Right. Yeah. Even if I li- might have liked an al- another album a little bit more, um, certain with different aspects. But yeah, that that play count came into effect for me too. Yeah. Uh, number nine, number nine was uh, this band from France called Seth, yeah, and uh, this black metal band who've been around for a while apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, this album was called Le Morsure du Christ. I think I've Justin, surpri- I think one of you guys recommended this to me. Yeah, yeah Carrie, Carrie found Seth. Yeah, and man, I could not stop listening to this record. And this was one of those. There's a bunch of black metal on my top ten list. Um, awesome. Well, a, a bunch, but there was there was a lot that didn't make it just because there was other stuff I, I was listening to. But black metal became this thing that um, I started to listen to more this year because power metal really took a bath this year as a genre collectively. Yeah, there was couple... definitely like the year of black metal. There's oh, like, yeah. like all, all of our lists are going to have some of it on it, and they're probably all going to be different because there was so much good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's so much so that the only extreme metal I wanted to listen to was black metal, and it sort of squeezed out me investigating a lot of death metal too. So I'm sure that, you know, I'll discover that I missed a lot of decent stuff there. There but. was a lot of really great death metal albums. I agree that I missed out on too, just because of the same reason you talked about. You know, like, like classic bands like Asphyx and a bunch of different mm-hmm. bands massacre i'll put out new albums out this year and it, it just it just sort of like flew by me for some reason well i mean the you know and i mean not to not that i thought they were one of the best of the year but i was enjoying listening to that cannibal corpse album mm-hmm. for like a couple of days and then i stopped 
you know, but I remember that being a decent record, a decent Cannibal Corpse yep. record, and it just sort of like I never went back to it. It didn't have that staying power. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. This I don't year think they've didn't. ever put out a bad record per se. You know, probably not. No, it's, it's definitely same, more I, of the same. I had the same problem with the Cannibal Corpse album. Same thing with Aspects, really. I mean, mm-hmm. both were really good, but they just it was. I mean, actually, I like None Slaughter over both of those, but um, <laughs> that's funny. You know, uh, None Slaughter didn't. It, it it it'll make my honorable mentions, but it it didn't make anywhere near the top thirty. No, and you know what? That Cannibal is a little different, just because I think who's on there, Eric? Is it Eric Rutan? I mean, it's so different. I think because he's on there, I think he brought a little something fresh to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly. Honestly, I think it's probably the thrashiest of their that they've yeah, ever done. That's and, what I thought so too. So it would it would appeal to me even more. And for some odd reason, it's it just got pushed out by Black. Have you have you guys heard the Corpse Grinder uh, song they put out for his solo album? I mean, if it's Jamie Josta doing his music, then I don't want to listen to it. Is it Jamie Josta doing it? <laughs> he did D Snyder's, and I know, yeah, you know he, had, he did that one. He had something which that was amazing. The first album he did with D, but if he's involved with this one, then it's probably gonna <laughs> suck, man. I've heard they they have one song out. It's called "Into the Vat" or something like that, or "Vat of Acid." That's what it is. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's definitely where I expected it to go. It <laughs> it sounds it sounds like Jamie Josta writing a Cannibal Corp song. Okay, that's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to hear this. <laughs> I think Sean's gonna dig it. <laughs> I'll have to hear it. <laughs> uh, um, all right, sir. What's your next one? Uh, Grosha, the Redemptive End, number eight. And this was a Justin recommendation yep. because he wouldn't stop talking about it. Or I don't think I don't think I think in my mind you were just droning on about it. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go listen to this. And the first time I listened to it, I was just like, stop. You know, like I, I, I just wasn't into it. It was like almost too monotone for me. And so the, the the here's the thing. Here's my theory is that because I started listening to a lot of pop like K-pop music this year, mm-hmm. and I think that when you listen too much of that stuff, your your brain starts to crave the exact opposite. You know, sort of like if you eat too much unhealthy food, your body starts to yearn for a salad or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so I started. I, like I don't one know. Morning, I don't know that one. <laughs> One morning I was like, yeah, I, I just need to listen to something that's the complete opposite. And I thought of that record and I listened to it and it clicked. And I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And ever since then, I've been, I, I would go back to it so often, like, as like a, almost like a, um, it was like a craving I had to like hear that record again. And I thought it would be higher on the list because just how much, how often I listened to it. But, um, you know, I found other black metal records I liked more, um, but there was something. And normally, something this monotone wouldn't end up this even on my list. I think it would be something I would enjoy in, in like little bits of in little passing moments. But yeah, for whatever reason, this year was the year of black metal for me to get back into it. So um, um, yeah, I just recently got that on vinyl, and it is if you if you like vinyl at all jump on it. it it's actually yeah. even better on vinyl it's such a i don't really know how to describe it but it's a really warm black metal album <laughs> no yeah, yeah definitely warm and that's so same thing with this the seth record too mm-hmm. yeah is that it has a sort of warmth to it also can, i mean can you repeat you know, the name and then the album again for me uh grosia the redemptive end redemptive end okay yeah 
Yeah, and I don't have to go back and listen to this now. They, I mean, here's the thing: it did. Someone did point out to me. They're like, "Well, they're basically just like doing the same thing that um, MGLA does." Yeah, and I've heard that too. But I, I think they have like a unique tone to them that MGLA yeah. never really matched. I've never enjoyed an, an MGLA album as much as I have this one. So yeah, I feel the if, same. If there is a compa- if there is a influence there, it's it's well done. I think. Um, number seven was uh, this band called Ultima Symphony of the Night. It was <laughs> really the only Melodeth album that I even considered for this list. Um, they're this Finnish Mexican band that yeah. do um, kind of Melodeth in the vein of like Norther and Children of Bodom. Nice. And, you know, um, very video game influenced. Calma. Yeah, they, they, they really love Castlevania, apparently, because you can exactly. hear that OST. <laughs> of symphony of the night the album's called symphony of the night you can hear it in their music and it's such a fun record i think i introduced you to this you you mentioned castlevania me i think i introduced you to this i think we played a song i'm i'm regretting not putting that higher on my list i really i really am but it's it's just one of those albums for me that just sort of fell out and i didn't go back to it you forget about it sometimes you know what i mean yeah, this this was just one that it, again it was just, most of my stuff this year has been based on play count. I was just sort of um, I had to figure out a way how to you know like in, instead of just thinking like well what should be on this list, actually really figure out what I did want to listen to this year. So um, and that was one of the first ones I put on there. Uh, number six is Halloween, the self titled. Um, you know, I wrote on my website that I, at one point this was number one on on the list. I thought it would be number one, and then you know because it came out in what June or July, yeah. And then there were a July, couple yeah. months where I just I just stopped listening to it, and I realized oh if I stopped listening to it, that's a sign of something. Because mm. you know the album that's number one on my list, I I never stopped listening to that. So I do think this is a great record. I think it's the best reunion metal album since Maiden, Brave New World, and some people would say, well, it's even better than that. Um, I, I, I'm i not going to say there's an issue with its length, because I think all of the songs are pretty good, but there's an issue with um, sustainability, I think, with the, with the album. For whatever reason, I'm not coming back to it. Hmm. And I, when I was listening to it when I was you know, in December, I was listening to it a lot. I was like, yeah, I, I, I know why I love this so much, but Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's like this year I have my melodic fix coming from another genre. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really looking to metal to give me that right now. Spoiler so. alert, this is high on my list too, but I, I sort of agree with you. Um, it's it's typical with every Halloween album that there's always going to be one or two songs that I don't enjoy as much as the others. Not to say that they're bad. They're just not, they're just not up to the standards of some of the other songs on the album. And this album does have that, in my opinion. It does have a couple of songs, and it's like, I could probably skip this one and be okay, but right. overall, the album, yeah, it's this, one of the best comeback albums Do, I mean, ever. If you're, I mean, if you're putting an album like this in your top ten, though, and it has songs like that that are totally skippable, like, do you think there's some sort of bias? Like, why you're including it in your top ten? Well, definitely, yeah. Okay, because I love the band. See, I one of my one of the things I thought was going for it uh, 
for being in, in the top 10 for me was that it wasn't skippable. There was even the, I even thought the bonus tracks were great, but I think the bonus tracks are better, are, are better than some of the other. They should have, the they should have been on the album, but yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, I don't know. I, I think it deserves to be there because it was an album that was written with so many different songwriters in the band. There wasn't one cohesive vision guiding the album. Mm -hmm. So the fact they made it work is just mind boggling. Right. But I just stopped listening. I just stopped listening to it. So I think Mm -hmm. that's why it slipped on my list. Um, It was definitely number one when for that first like month it was out. I was like, Oh, this is nothing's going to beat this. And then, you know, we, you start we definitely to, talked about it a lot on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't stop listening to it. And maybe I burned myself out on it, too. So, um, I mean, yeah. I'll wait from uh, I'll wait for my turn. But I actually got quite a bit to say about that album. OK, I, I really like that. album. <clears throat> and I think I just really quick wanted to add is that <laughs> it makes sense that there are so many songs because there's so there people involved in it. Yeah. So normally yeah. it would be a really long album. But I think we can probably give it a couple of uh, grace points, you know, just leave it because there's so many other people involved. It yeah. kind of makes sense, you know. And you could, and you can hear when you're listening to it of whose influences are are coming in. Like you can yeah. hear when Kai Hansen has a part that he's written, and you know, Andy Darris has his version of Halloween that, and then Kisuke, man. I'm so glad Kisuke is back. I gotta say, it makes me I so mean, happy. This may be an unpopular thing to say, but I thought that the Darius moments were the best moments on the album. At least for me, they, they, they hit the hardest, and they were the ones that I kept coming back to the most. So, not to say that um, that Kisuke was was bad or anything. It's just that no. those Darius songs hit hard. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that was number six. Uh, number five is a band called Fierce Deity. And they put out a, or he, it's one guy, he put out a little release called um, Power, Wisdom, Courage. We played this the, on the show previously, too. Yeah, in the middle of this year. And and this yeah. is a, it's like a 32-minute long EP, um, three songs, Power, Wisdom, Courage. And, of course, they're all Zelda references. I know you guys probably know that. And I love this guy's music. The way he his vision of what he could do with power metal is really fresh and unique. Um, he calls it stoner power metal, which I can sort of see. I can hear in the sound like the way his vocals are being delivered. But it's very epic. It's very kind of psychedelic. And he has a lot of um, interesting use of keyboards and space and texture. And it is one of the most like amazing things I've heard in power metal that is new. That's fresh. That's not just like a, you know, a, something doing like a, a new take on a classic style, that kind of thing. So um, yeah. And the, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about this too at the end of the year, which kind of bummed me out. I think it kind of sailed under the radar a little bit. I, I got lucky in like in hearing it. So I, I truthfully forgot about it until you mentioned it just now. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it was one of those things where I, it kind of blew me away when I first heard it, and I kept on coming back to it because of that. One of my resolutions I made for myself this year was to be better with, if I discover something that I like, is to make better note of it. <laughs> make a playlist, like it more on Spotify, something to make sure I come back to it. and Talk about it with the group, man. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. That's how, that's how we 
share the good stuff is just chatting about it. Yep. But also in a way, I, I kind of feel like I, I kind of just like letting things fall the way they fall. Because if something is going to make an impression on me, it's usually <laughs> going to linger and I'll come back to it naturally. And that's always a good way to see what is the best at the end of the year. It's like you go, you think you're sitting there and you're thinking about the year and like, what did I really listen to a lot? And, yeah. and you know, you check your last FM to make sure you're being honest with yourself and you're like, okay, that's what I listened to a lot. So um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was not I me. Mean, that was one of those, those first nominees I put on my list. I only had like, um, like a little short list of 20 albums that I eliminated from. Um, number four, Swallow the Sun, Moonflowers. Uh, you know, the weird thing is I'm not even sure if I like this album more than the last Swallow the Sun album, but it's so powerful as a cohesive listening experience. It's um, it's actually, I kind of thought it was sort of a hopeful record in a way, in a weird way. It had the tinges of it, and it kind of was refreshing to hear that after the kind of onslaught of just like darkness that the last one was, and then the Halatar record was, and mm-hmm. the Trees of Eternity record was. And it's like, oh, I can see there's sort of some light at the end of the tunnel, and that's an interesting thing to hear in their sound. Um, yeah, I, I think you've pinpointed because when I I still haven't released it because the interview audio quality is not great. But Miko was saying basically, yeah, that the, this album was written about the pandemic and how hopefully, you know, it, it was shit for everybody. It was, it's been a horrible period in, in history, but there's hopefully, there's hope there too. Um, yeah. And I think it comes across in the songwriting on the album as well. Yeah. It didn't sound like, a, you know, because everyone knows the backstory with, with what's going on with Swallow the Sun lately or in the past couple of years, but it's not like a mournful record. It's more of just a depression, trying to fight through depression record. Yeah. And I thought it was such a great um, creative idea to take the, the music and then reconstruct those songs with the classical trio for the bonus disc, which he had this um, recorded in a church in Finland. And it's such a, yep. it, it takes the album and, and you know, those melodies you can recognize, but it, it restructures that entire album in your mind in a different way. Because when you hear the metal record, you're like, okay, you know, this is brutal and and depressing. And then you hear the classical side and you're like, whoa, this is kind of beautiful and hopeful. And And it was was so interesting with the marketing of that because they released the orchestral versions before the metal versions. Um, like they released all the songs in the orchestral version. And then you go back and listen to the metal version. Like, oh, wow, that... Is really cool. I was able to uh, put that the orchestral version on loop in my office one day when I had clients coming in to see me, and I just had it playing in the background. I told that to Miko. He loved that. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "That's great." To me, to me, it's it's <laughs> this it's connected to the album. It's not like a bonus mm-hmm. thing. It's like to me, it's part of the album, like as a whole, and it and it made my entire enjoyment of it that much more. I don't know if richer is the right word or, you know, more I meaningful. That. I get that. Um, my, by the way, my album that I pre-ordered has not come in yet. And it's January. Yeah. Supply chain issues apparently is the issue, but whatever. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my Exodus album. <laughs> Holy shit. Are you still? <laughs> I've I'm seen that Exodus waiting. in the store. I'll go, I'll go freaking buy it for you, man. Send it to you and you'll get it quicker than. Oh, it's in the stores here the too. It's, it's <laughs> in the stores here too. 
Just cancel okay. your just cancel your other order, man, and, and move on. Um, I, I'm I'm about done with Nuclear Blast Records, man. <laughs> their, their customer service is just so bad. Uh, so number what was I on? Number three. This will be number yep, three. Yes, you're sir. on three now. Fallen Kings and Rusted Crowns, uh, Duskmorn. Uh, which was a George recommendation it was. of yep. all people. Enough. Yep. <laughs> George, who hates metal, apparently, stumbled on one of the best records of the year. He um, did. Yeah, I mean, that, this is such a phenomenal record. And Carrie was there that night when I first heard them. We were uh-huh. playing them on the show. And I'm sitting there, and I buy the shirt like right then. I'm like, I gotta have this shirt. He, you did. <laughs> you went to their Bandcamp page and you ordered the shirt by the song, time the song was over. And I was, yeah, I was listening to them on the way back home, and I just, I did not stop listening to them the entire rest of the year. It's, this is such a great record. Um, it, it has its roots in like Melodeth mm-hmm. and folk metal, and those are two of those genres that I kind of grew up on. I feel like I grew up on as a metal fan, like especially during like. The years when I was really discovering underground metal and exploring a lot of stuff, and and so it's almost like for me, this record feels like kind of like a homecoming, like a like going back to what I love about extreme metal, and the fact that it's just these two dudes out in yep. I think they're from Jersey or something, or I don't know where the hell they're from. Yeah, Jersey or a, something. It's a better Insomnia album what they put out their, <laughs> than their album this year, their their EP. It really is. I, yeah, I guess I didn't really think about them as sounding like Insomnium. Oh, yeah. They have a Moon Sorrow feel to me. Mm-hmm. I feel that too. Don't you think? Like, like you know, peak era Moon Sorrow. Um, so and I think- funny, funny Insomnium story yesterday. I was at work and we were working in our, um, we have our our warehouse area and we were pulling stuff and doing all these things. And I had my headphones on because they were jamming really loud, like this horrible like industrial EDM stuff. Like I'm like, wait, where's the rave and all that? And all of a sudden I heard uh, insomnia in the background and like, I had to pull my headphones. I'm like, what is going on? And one of the guys is like, I thought you in, you would enjoy this. So he played it. I'm like, all right, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, number two, I hope this is on other people's lists here is uh storm keep tales of other time. Oh yeah. Um, How could it not be? This is such <laughs> This is my favorite black metal album in maybe the past 15 years, um, which I know seems like a big deal, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's to me, this album reminds me of when I first heard black metal, like, I don't know. I, I want to date myself here, but it was like the late nineties <laughs> or something, you know, like, and I'm like first buying black metal records and, and getting into emperor and getting into Demi Borgir and satiric, you know, uh, that whole era. And it, this reminds me of like an album that I could have bought at the same time of like, mm-hmm. Oh, and th- I'll get in throne darkness, triumphant and oh, tales yeah. of other time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it sounds so of that era. And sometimes, you know, you're, you can be like, Oh, well, it sounds too much like that era, but they do it so well. And it's so convincing. And the vocalist, I forgot what this guy's name was. Um, yeah, Isaac Falk, this guy. This guy has the best black metal voice for this kind of second you know, wave emulation of black metal that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Blue Os Nord did a pretty good job a couple years ago when they did that Memoria Vetusta 
album mm-hmm. that was like supposed to be second gen or second wave black metal this blows that away this is so fucking good yeah and uh narrowly missed being my number one album if it's just on like how much it wowed me it would have been number one like just for surprise factor i think i no one expected this from, I mean, it was a pretty Denver, late release, right? too. Yeah, they're from Denver, yeah. It came out, like, October or September, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it, it took the black metal community online by storm. I mean, it's... Yeah. It tr- trust me, it, power metal people were talking about it, too. Because <laughs> it has that kind... And the thing is, you talked about warmth earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, this album feels really warm to me, especially yeah. in the transitions between the, the heart, you know, the, the brutal, bleak stuff. And when they go into the more atmospheric stuff, mm-hmm. I almost get like a blind guardian, you know, uh, like somewhere far beyond the vibe from the way they handle those transitions. It's such a warm feeling. So it's, yeah, it's just so yeah. good. Um, so number okay. one, we got drum roll, please. <laughs> uh, number one was, was the theory on album that came out earlier this year, Leviathan. Um, that, and I, th- not and surprised. I had to, I had to, well, the thing is, I am surprised because, are you, you know, I thought like by the time the Halloween album came out, I'm like, well, this is going to be this, you know, the theory on album is probably going to get bounced down a couple pegs. But honestly, the first half of this year for metal sucked. And that's a, that may be a harsh thing to say. Mm-hmm. And I, some, some of you guys are going to disagree with me, but for me, it did. And it did, it, I wouldn't say it sucked. I would say that the first half of the year, there was a lot of, mediocre to yes. okay albums that came out and there was a couple of good ones but it There's wasn't a, a lot of quality mm-hmm. but then you're right like around the middle of the year just quality just started coming out of nowhere and there was a incredible amount of it yeah yeah i mean it, it was such a lopsided year and for me metal didn't really become engaging again until like the <clears> midsummer <throat> onwards especially when you guys were throwing those black metal recommendations to me but for the first like half of the year, it just felt like I was getting hit with mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. And this was the lone bright light that stood out. And it's like this, this band that I love, they're my, one of my top five favorite bands of all time, going back to try to attempt to, you know, do their classic symphonic metal era sound again, which you can never really do as a band, but, you know, they tried to do it. And in a way, with them trying to do it, they sort of succeeded in creating something new because they took all the influences of all the things they've been doing in between since then and had kind of created something fresh, this really vocal, melody-driven version of a symphonic metal, which is unique for them. And when I went in you know, December 1st, Spotify was dishing out those little playlists, your top yeah. 100 songs. I was looking at all this K-pop on that list. And then the only really, like there was some Judas Priest on there. And then there was like Therion, 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 Therion. Like every <laughs> fucking song from this album was on that play. It was like my most listened to. And I went and looked at my last FM stats. And this was my most listened to album this year. And second place is like a hundred listens behind. So this has to be number one just by default. Um, but I, I, I do think for me, it earned the place of just being an album that I, that I love the most. And that's it. What about your, your mentioned? 
Go ahead, Christian. I'm sorry. I, I think your your point of like how lopsided the year is is dead on because I mean the first six months of the year, you probably had two or three like really really good albums each month, but then as soon as it hit August, September, October, you had twenty great albums every yeah. every single month, and I mean not just great but to the point where you're like, damn, like how is this happening? Yeah, it was really hard to make it into the year list just based off the last six months. It was really yeah. tough, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that Stormkeep album, I if it would have came out three months earlier, it, it might have even pushed out my number one. Yeah, and that's the thing, because like sometimes you guard against recency <clears throat> bias, and that Stormkeep album is the most one of the most recent things. And yeah, you're right. I mean, if that came out the same time the Therian album came out, I don't know which one I would have picked, but... In my tiebreaker for this is the stats, like looking at listens and play counts and stuff. And yeah. I'm sure that's how Justin breaks ties too. Yep. Because you know, what yeah, when I saw no, your number one, no, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, my number one is number one simply because of how how much I listen to it. Yeah. Plus, it's just phenomenal anyway. Yeah. So, uh, what um, do you have for honorable mentions? Um. So the you album. Just, you need to go through the list real quick. Well, I only mentioned like the two that I had the hardest time eliminating. Mm. Um, there's a black metal band called Ilda Rooney. Mm-hmm. Um, albums mm. called beyond unseen gateways. Uh, and I think Justin, you might know this one, right? Yeah, I do. Very atmospheric black metal album, <clears throat> almost like a heavier summoning in a way. Mm, um, nice. Man, I, I love this album a lot and it was very upsetting to have to rem- cut it from the list. And I kind of played with it back and forth, like Epica or this, Epica or this, and I had to do the tiebreaker play count thing to to decide it. But um, that and the Cradle of Filth album that came out, because I thought that was such a fantastic album, and they've been on such a roll creatively these past, you know, this album and the past two others, um, and this was the best one they've done. And yeah, so that was that was a tough one. Those two to cut. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate all that. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, Justin, you want to go next? I can. Sure. Um, so my list has changed a bit from what I posted originally a few weeks ago. Um, my number 10 spot was something that was in a lot of contention for most of the year. And Ferry was kind of holding that spot. Vial Genesis is a really kick-ass tech death album. Um, then I found Dead World Reclamation, which is a, a later release, came out in mid-November, I believe. That's also Tech Death, but has a ton of melodic stuff built into it and some really cool progressive elements. And those two kept flip-flopping in my 10 spot. And then since I released the list initially, um, I've decided that the Destiny album is just better than both of them. <laughs> so... Uh, and I do, uh, I have such a hard time with this Destiny album because the name is just so fucking bad. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, I, like I found these guys and I, I I told everybody about them, and I think this is the best Melodeth album of the year. I think it's better than the um, Dustmourne album personally. They're both good, but um, the Destiny album is just so good if you can get past the name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, you are the expert of coming up with. Finding bands that have the worst names is really good. 
I do find a lot that are surprisingly good for their terrible names. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're great at detecting those. <laughs> so anyways, Destinity in Continuum. Um, they're from... I pulled Frank. all this up so I could have these locations. As you're pulling that up, I will tell you uh, on my list, they're my number 11. <laughs> they, they were my number 11 for a long time. They're another yeah. French band, right? Yeah, they're from Lyon, France. Um, they've done three albums before this one, but this is by far their best one because I did go back and listen to their back catalog. Um, mm. It's it's like night and day how much better this one is. So if you haven't heard it, um, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, number nine for me was Ghost of Atlantis, 3624. Carrie turned us on to this one back in January. This is one of the few yeah. standout albums from the beginning of the year. Uh, it's one that I kept going back to and listening to over and over again. There's some incredible melodic moments in this. I like the clean singing in this, which is something that's rare for me. Uh, I'm very there partic- is that one. There is that one song <laughs> that has a little bit of rapping, though. I had a like problem with that song. With like a little bit of the cadence of the rap. <laughs> it did. It doesn't really bother me that much. Like I, I'm not a fan of rap, but like I'm more open-minded about incorporating alternative elements into my metal than you guys probably are. Uh, but this album is phenomenal. Uh, it's one of the ones I kept going back to over and over and over again throughout the year. It had a very high play count for me, so I felt compelled to keep it on my top ten list. Uh, these guys are from Suffolk. Yeah, they're uh, the, one of the main songwriters in, on this band was in Devilment with uh, Danny Phillips. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It's good stuff. They're my number 17, by the way. I knew they'd be high up for you. Yeah. I wasn't sure where. Uh, number eight was a band I found in April called Unendlich. These guys are from uh, Baltimore. And it's black and death metal, very reminiscent of um, black and death metal. (laughs) 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 I don't know. It's very catchy. It's very catchy black and death metal. And it it tends to, um, it, it tends to have very like punchy, kind of incorporations not it doesn't it doesn't deviate too far into thrash territory but it does have some of that element built into it anyways i thought this album was just just super catchy and it had me hooked the whole year i kept coming back to it uh, it's called paradox of a broken world if you like black and death you'll enjoy it uh number seven was wormwood archivet uh wormwood i discovered these guys probably four or five years ago and i liked every album they've put out, but none of them were good enough to be in my top 10 until this one. Um, I think this is a beautiful album with some incredible black metal elements and lots of melody. Uh, I kept returning to it over and over again. It was one of the longest played albums on my list. And it came out, I think in March or so. Um, so I do have a few from the beginning of the year in here. They put out a, like a really, real beautiful, like vinyl version of it too. Did they? Yeah. They, it's like a white box set. Then uh, they released it initially, and then they re-released it with bonus tracks built in. Mm. And I, I was fortunate enough to not buy the first version, so I got all the bonus tracks, even though Christian doesn't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> I got that version, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next is Stormkeep, which we've kind of already waxed poetic about. Um, it is one of the best black metal albums of the year. It was not 
as high as some other ones for me because I listen to the other ones more. Um, but it's undeniably what Sean said, that feeling of the old school mm-hmm. first time you got into black metal sort of thing. It feels like that for me. It's, it's new feeling while feeling old at the same time. Um, it's, it's just great. If you haven't heard tales of other time, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, number five is Mare Cogitum. Cognitum. Hmm. I can't pronounce it. They're from Portland. They're an atmospheric black metal band. I'm sure you've heard of them. Uh, their last two albums were at the top of tons of lists the last couple of years. I wasn't a huge fan of their last two. They, they were okay. This one, like, I totally got. From the first time I heard it, I was blown away by it. It's just this chaotic cosmic journey that you go on listening to this album and it's beautiful and dark and twisted and hit me in all the right spots and it was definitely one of the soundtracks to this year for me i loved it uh number four was mole diorama um i think i'm more of a fan of black gaze than you guys probably are but mole yeah. uh i this album i didn't really even listen to much until the past month um i heard it once before when it first came out i think it was in early november uh kind of dismissed it then i saw it on a few lists and i was like well i need to give it another shot since it was on a bunch of people's lists and i cannot get enough of this album i've been playing it nonstop for the last month um so much so that when i first released my list it was number seven and it's crept all the way up to number four um, I feel like if I had had the whole year to listen to this, it might even be higher. Uh, it's it's really really good if you like that kind of music. Is this sort of like the um, like it's a major key ish black metal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to check this out. I'm going to add this to my playlist here. I think you'll enjoy it, Sean. Yeah, like like a lot of the stuff that I've recommended that's in this vein, you've liked. So um, I think you'll enjoy this one. Number three for me was Grows of the Redemptive End, which we've also already spoken about. It's fantastic. Uh, number two is Harakiri for the Sky, Mare. Post-Black Metal, I've loved Harakiri since I first discovered them when their third album came out. Um, and my love for them has grown with each album they've released. Arson was fantastic. Yeah. Mare is even better. Uh, I can't get enough of this album. It came out in January and it's just been a, a constant for me throughout the entire year. I listen to it when I'm feeling good. I listen to it when I'm feeling bad. Wasn't uh, that album originally a 2020 release and got pushed back? I uh, know it was originally supposed to come out January 3rd and it got pushed back to January 21st. Okay. So not, so it, not too much. Yeah. I mean, it was still January, so I was frustrated. I had to wait three more weeks for it, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still got a lot of, you know, play time out of it. I'll be honest with you, bro. I've tried getting into that band, and is there something about him? I, I, I well, I know what it is about him. It's his. Vocals. It's the vocals. Yeah, I like his. I like the music a lot, but it's his vocal delivery, I am not a big fan of. That's okay. And I've heard that complaint from a lot of people, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I can't get enough of his singing. It's it's perfect for me. For me, I think his vocals are almost like another instrument. I mean, I know that's such a cliche thing to say about extreme metal, but. I, I really don't clock him that much at all. Like I, for me, the the draw of Harakiri is the guitars and the yeah. sort of ocean wave like you know feel of those melodies. And, it's a feeling less so yeah. than it is about the lyrical content. And, I mean, the the Us Against December Skies that was my best songs list on the from this album. But for whatever reason, this album as a whole, 
I thought Arson was incredible, and this album didn't quite live up to what I got from that album. So it wasn't a bad record. I, I enjoyed listening to it, but it just didn't linger as much as Arson did. That's fair. Yeah. And Arson's probably the one I've listened to the most, yeah. even even despite how much I've listened to this one. Um, but I I can't get enough of Harakiri just in general. They're quickly becoming one of my favorite bands ever. Um, and speaking of favorite bands ever, let's go to number one. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We should all say it one, two. <laughs> go, go ahead. Uh, Rivers of Nile, The Work. Um, as you guys know, I was completely blown away in 2018 when I first heard Where Owls Know My Name. That album resonated with me in a way that nothing has in a decade. You know, it, it just hit me on every level possible. It was a perfect album for what I was going through in my life at the time. And it's a legit masterpiece of epic proportions that I don't think anybody was ever going to live up to again, let alone Rivers of Nile. Uh, you know, they set such a high bar for themselves. <laughs> and then they released this. And instead of leaning into the technical death elements that made where owls work so well, they lean more into the progressive side and created something that's completely and uniquely different from what came out the first time. And yet still on that same masterpiece level. Um, and it hit me in just the exact same way resonated with every fiber of my being hit exactly where I'm at in my life with everything. And I listened to this album probably 400 times this year. Uh, I was going to ask you what your play count was. <laughs> uh, it was, like around 60,000 hours or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Did but, you, did you wear out your vinyl yet? Is it like, like the grooves <laughs> are just gone? No, I mean, I've listened to it a few times on the, on the vinyl, but I haven't had a whole lot of time. I've been super busy with work and whatnot, um, yeah. but I'm hoping that I'll get some more time to enjoy it. I also, you know, this was the, the final album in rivers seasonal, quadriptic plan they did. Um, if you like actually look at the album artwork for their first album and then their album artwork for this one, it's the same image, but one of them takes place in spring and this one takes place in winter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some differences, but each album represents one season for them, uh, which you can kind of get that feeling. If you go back and listen to them all, they all feel like a season. This one definitely feels like a winter album. Owls definitely feels like a fall album. Um, and they have so many cool things like every, every single album, they put a song called Terrestria, which was instrumental until this album. And you can play those songs back to back to back to back. And it's one long continuous, like 35 minute song, which I think is really cool. They also had the end of every album bleed into the beginning of the next album. So it's really meant to be this one massive concept. Um, And just the level of thought and creativity and planning that had to go into that. Um, it definitely wasn't an afterthought. So yeah. I'm I'm just blown away and impressed by everything these guys have put together. Uh, they continue to just shock and, and impress the hell out of me. And I can't wait to see what they do next. I love that level of ambition that the band can have to do that kind of like that foresight, that planning mm-hmm. to in, you know integrate all those things. I think that's really cool. So yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm to do like a listen, like a Rivers of Nihil day. Maybe I'll just do that tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I want to listen to like, recommendations I get to, uh, today. I want to do that tomorrow. So, yeah, I'll probably do that it's tomorrow. A good idea. I highly recommend Rivers. <laughs> right, I'm adding yeah, them right it's now. Very, it's a very creative thing that they've done, which a lot of bands 
don't take the time or even care about, you know? I, I mean, well, it's, it's hard to plan that far ahead. You know I mean? They didn't know they were going to become this huge thing. Yeah. You know, well, I think, I think part of it too is that, you know, like, you know, let's be honest here. The days of the rock star are gone. Um, so most of these bands, you know, they're, they're doing it for the love of the music mm-hmm. and to have that level uh because, you know, they know it's never going to hit, you know, top 40 or anything. You know, they, this isn't going to make them millionaires or anything. So, you know, everything that they're doing is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're doing passion it for driven. themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're like, I hope somebody else like this. And if they don't, well, that's cool, too. You know, whatever. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did they have a saxophone or some sort of uh, instrument like that on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're really big on incorporating jazz elements into it. It's, it's a very progressive take on tech death. Um, which is what, to me, it, which is one of the most surprising things why you love it so much because you don't really like a lot of progressive driven music and weird. I, I don't really like, like, that's not entirely true because I do like progressive music and I like weird stuff. I just don't like the clean singing attached to it usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm I'm way more into harsh vocals than I am into clean vocals. It's just the truth. <laughs> not gonna be listening to Queen's right anytime soon. No, that's not for me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the I, I think the only thing that I uh, the only thing that I don't like about this band is sometimes I just I just feel like I'm not smart enough to get it. Like mm. it, it's it's just so deep that I'm just like, man, I, I should be like taking notes or something like uh <laughs> isn't this album about basically just about depression and no so the owls was owls was about it, not only was it a concept about the season and everything it was a concept enclosed within that about a guy who becomes immortal and then watches the world fade away until the only thing that's left are him and the owls and you know he's like the last man standing at the end of time and he's dealing with loneliness and depression and slowly losing his grip on reality. The work is about a wizard who lives in a tower who is constantly trying to repair the tower as it's crumbling around him. And it's also about well, the metaphors that are built into it are about how every single thing in life takes work, whether you're, you know, spending time with your family, that's work. Whether you're working, that's work. Whether you're driving to work, that's work. Whether you're, you know, anything, anything and everything you do requires effort. Any, anything that's worth doing requires effort. And it's about coming to terms that, uh, that doing all that effort is going to reward you somehow and that you're going to get what you want out of life. Coming up um, with these lists required effort. Mm-hmm. Yes, Everything does. And, you know, there's so many layers to Rivers and and what they put into their music. And I'm just like the deeper you go into it, Christian's right. Like you almost do have to take notes to like fully appreciate everything that they've incorporated into this. I feel like these guys are geniuses, like on a whole nother level from anybody else making music. It's crazy. Nice. Very cool. Uh, cool. So what about your uh, honorable mentions? What do you got? Uh, well, I mentioned the two tech deaths and fairy vile Genesis is fantastic. Dead world reclamation or of iniquity are both great. Um, there was an album that was constantly in and out of my top 10 the whole year. Um, it's called, whoops. It's called Contra aesthetic. It's from the band Masson. Um, they're a German band that kind of defy all genres. <laughs> they incorporate a little bit of everything and it's really hard to pin them down. Um, the album is seven songs long. 
six of those songs are perfect. One of those songs is repetitive and kind of shitty. And that's the only reason it didn't make my top 10. That's what I was trying to say before. It's like, as much as I love everything else about it, like I, I had to dismiss that bias uh, because that one song just kept it out for me. Uh, the end morning album was in my top 15, the bleeding veil. Uh, again, one of those rare clean singing albums that I just really love. Um, it's, it's partly post black metal, partly doom, yeah. partly mellow death. mellow death. It's a little bit of everything, but a lot of clean singing, which I really, I, I agree enjoy. on that one. If it, if I spent more time with it, uh, it would definitely be higher on my list, but I really do like it. I think I tried with that one and it just kept bouncing off me and then I just moved on with whatever. Yeah. It came out later in the year, like right around Thanksgiving. So um, it, I think if it had come out earlier in the year, it might have actually made my top 10. Um, yeah. But I, did, I didn't spend nearly enough time unpacking it. Um, the new Nightcrowned album is arguably better than their last album. Uh, that's number 15 for me. It's just really great. Mellow Black, the new Myronath album is really good. Um, Obscura Qualma made my top 30. That's a, another black metal album that Christian and I both really dug, talked about quite a bit. Did you, did you say Obscura, Obscura Qualma, right? Obscura Qualma. Yeah. The album is called Apotheosis, just yep. like seven or eight other albums that came out this year. <laughs> um, not the other. Obscura put an album out this year, too. Yeah. The regular yeah. Obscura. And that album wasn't bad, but it wasn't yeah. in my top 30. <laughs> the regular. Uh, the regular <laughs> Dusk, Dusk Morn was really good. It's in my top 30. Uh, the Netherbird album, mm-hmm. Arete. Um, man, I had a hard time with this one because, like, I love their last album, I think a little bit more than this one, but they're both great. And it was one that was like definitely in contention for a top 10 spot, but just couldn't quite break through. I, I will agree on you with that. This is my first album I've ever heard by them, truthfully. I haven't gone back and dived into their previous albums, but. On my list is number twelve. I really like this album. I it's can't speak really to the catchy. whole. I can't speak to their whole discography, but the last one is really good as well. So okay. definitely check yeah, out their last I'm one. I'm definitely going to go backwards now. The whole uh, discography is good. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I imagine it, it, it is. Um, the the weirdest, quirkiest, strangest black metal album of the year that uh, I discovered back in September thousand bone cylinder explosion <laughs> with songs like ice cream and a table in the middle of the room. Um, it's, it's literally if Mike Patton from face no more wrote in that style, it's, it's off the wall. It's crazy. It's really, really good too. It, it is. It's surprisingly good for such a, a weird album. Um, yeah. Definitely one that people should check out. I'm not sure it's going to make a lot of top 10 lists because they're very small, but it's it's a great album. Uh, Stiloon Vaholinen, that's one of the most fun black metal albums of the year. Uh, just really upbeat, lots of uh, can catchy... You, can, you re- can you repeat that name? Stiloon Vaholinen. Okay, it's good a, job. It's a mouthful, but it's really good. <laughs> uh, the album's called Teloi Tukaski. Tuskaski, something like that. Uh, anyways, it's in my it's in my top thirty list, which is available on the Metal Geeks page. Um, and then uh, another one, a Gripney. I was a really big fan of that one, but I, it was the same sort of thing. Like the last three or four songs on the album just weren't as as good as the first seven or eight, which is why it didn't make my top ten. But all in all, it was a fantastic year for black metal. There was so many good bands, so many good albums. Um, really hard to narrow it down. Yeah. 
And like, I had to pay some homage to my tech death stuff that I love too. Um, Rivers, of course, blew everything else out of the water, but uh, there were other good albums that just didn't quite make it into here. All right. Well, thank you so much for your your list there, man. Um, yeah. You know what? Let's move on to Dave, Wolfman Dave from that middle podcast. Let's get into your list, man. All right. <clears throat> so real quick before I start, I wanted to say that I think it's it's kind of crazy that this year, well, 2021 had a lot of black metal bands and had a lot of, you know, more of the extreme side of metal. But also I want to like say like thank you to all the freaking um, like the bands that were coming out. 80s and 90s bands that are still out and making records and kicking ass to this day, yeah. you know, yeah, which it's it shows a lot of like the uh, I guess in metal and rock and roll, the longevity that's there, right? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, a lot of a lot of those bands are still out there doing stuff, Exodus, yeah. Hypocrisy, exactly, um, Asphyx. We, we mentioned we mentioned a lot of these bands already, Flotsam mm-hmm. and Jetsam, right? Flotsam, oh, the Flotsam and Jetsam album is really good, it's killer. Um, <laughs> the Yes album. Yes, the new Sticks <laughs> album is really good too. We're gonna go there. <laughs> Actually, I have not heard any of those. Kansas, maybe. Deep uh, Purple had a new one this year too. That was all covers, though, wasn't it, Christian? Yeah, the Deep yeah, Purple, yeah. Covers. So, but it was still cool covers. Yeah, I, like I mean, Deep for Purple guys that are what, like eighty? I mean, yeah, almost. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're definitely in their late seventies by now. All right. Well, so my first, I guess, my tenth. Pick yes, would sir. be uh, obsession. So rot of ages. Uh, another great. It's a. I don't want to say it's like chunky fucking blasting death metal, but there's like melody in it. Mm. Yeah, and it surprised the fuck out of me when you hear. Um, I think it's actually rot of ages. The song itself, where there's like they stop. There's like piano in there. It's the best song on the album. It's yeah. it's a really good album. Yeah, it's so Ab- fucking. Abs- heavy, I haven't dude. heard this. I haven't yeah. heard this. Dude, they start blasting. I mean, it's awesome, man. It's a, it's a, it, it's such a weird album because when you look at the cover art, you're like thinking, oh, this is gonna be straight up like bloodbath. You know what I mean? It's gonna be, it, but it that's has, okay uh, too though. <laughs> yeah, so it has elements of the chunkiness of, and I guess what is the HM one or HM two, that guitar tone or whatever that the that the Swedish used in early, you know, the early nineties. What's the name of the but band or the album? Obsession, uh, rot of ages. I think they yeah. mixed abscess and obsession. I think <laughs> I'm like, more it's better than mixing destiny and infinity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Uh, but yeah, this is such a great album. Um, I want to have to go back me, and listen to this, it, man. It caught me by surprise, dude. It, um, so that's number 10. Number nine, 1914. Oh, yeah. yeah. 1914. Um, it's a great it's album. It's a really good record. It yeah, is. Yeah, so where fear and weapons meet, Ukrainian, uh, great World War One, World War Two themed metal, symphonic um, times, blackened. You know, it's just, it just, I think, I feel like black metal and, symphonic stuff kind of like go hand in hand together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just go. Sabaton wishes so they could be this good. I was about to say. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I literally, yeah, for real. They wish they could be this badass. I mean, this is just like the, uh, the chunky heavy version of this, but man, the, the song that really hit me hard was pillars of fire. 
that was such a great song. And there's times, there's elements where I kind of feel like there's a little bit of like flesh got apocalypse going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just it's just outstanding. I mean, if you're really into like war and World War Two and World War One and just bat- and you know fighting and stuff like that in general, I think this that is history like the history of it. Yeah, album. yeah, for sure. You know, a history buff and a metalhead. I mean, come on. They came out with the last album was like 2018, maybe. It was top. Of, bl- it was pretty high on my list. The Blind Weed and the Blind. That was a great record. Yeah. Yeah. See, the th- the cool thing is this is the first time I've actually heard them. I've seen the name. But I actually heard and actually paid attention. This is the first time. So good stuff there. I love how there's just like always like little weird samples of people talking and stuff like that. Um, So that's number nine. Moving on to number eight. So Hooded Menace. So the Tritonia's Belt. So I had – when you – when you see this, you're like thinking, there's no way these guys are from Finland. No. You know, there's just no <laughs> fucking way that these guys are from. Again, more chunky death metal, but with melody, dude. I don't, what, is there something? I'm not like the only one that hears that, right? Because they have like no, a lot of. No, you're not. Uh, no. I, I'm going to spoil my list a little bit when we okay. get to it, but my number eight is Hooded Men is the Tritonius Bell. Um, we got I, it. Exactly. It. I've listened to this album so much this year, and I and I've heard of them before, but I never really dived into them until Same. this album. It's um, it's slow, death doom, but yeah, the the songwriting is so good and so catchy. It's one of my favorite doom albums this past year. See, I'm I'm not a huge doom guy. Like it's yeah. too slow for me most of the time. But I think this album's phenomenal. <laughs> Oh, I have some. Yeah, I have sure. some really slow doom on my on my <laughs> on my list this year. So <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't classify this as doom, but I would say kind of doom doomy doomish. Yeah. There's doom yeah, elements. Doom elements. Sure. Doom elements. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I agree with that. Plus that fucking cover art, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Amazing. I would love to yeah, have that great. on vinyl. Yeah. I'm waiting that- for my copy to show up or to order when they show back up and on Amazon. <laughs> Thanks to Christian. Oh, like, that's right. How huh? you got me that link. It was it. it was sold out. Uh, yeah, but you wanted it prime, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a repressing of the Stormkeep album coming out too. If you haven't already purchased it <laughs> through, oh, cool. through cool. Amazon or yeah, through Amazon. Okay, I got that pre-ordered. Me too. So another one that I think is is I know we were having a discussion about it. My number seven is. From Portland, Oregon, unto others with strength, formerly Idle Hands, I believe, right? Yes. Uh, formerly Gabriel Franco, formerly of Silver, T- Silver Talon. Um, there's was he, he was in Silver Talon? Correct. I didn't know that. Yeah. I listed the new album this year too. Yeah. Well, he. I don't. I don't know if he was part of that. No, I don't think he was. No. Okay. Correct. But the thing too is like, there's just a lot of like blast from the past elements for me. That I really enjoy this. Like if you if you listen to like the the cults and stuff like that stuff from, you know the the eighties, but with kind yeah. of like a, a almost of Celtic Frost, the Ugh, you know like that yeah. kind of shit going on, um, and it's just the combination of those bands kind of had sex and one night stand, and this is kind of like what you'd have is this little baby here. I love that it was heavier than the previous record. Yeah, it was from and- Mana. Yeah, and you know it, it, it's weird because at first I was like, oh, I don't like it as much as Mana, but it's still good. 
but it, it grew on me over time, just the heaviness. And when I saw them live, I saw them the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, the song. Those songs live kicked ass so, so much, dude. Sean yeah. saw this show over Swallow the Sun. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I've seen Swallow the Sun like seven times. And no, I mean I'm just saying that's how much that's how important it was to you to see it. Yeah, and, I think and I, I would have done the same. It was, it was so they were so good live too. They were so they weren't what I expected them to be. I expected them to be all laid back and staring at the ground. They were just totally into it. They were like the cult on stage, just like that's cool. old school. Yeah, yeah, and the dude. He has this uh, kind of like this, not Didi Ramon. What's his name? The singer from the Ramones would. Johnny, uh, Joey Ramon. He has that kind of vibe going yeah. on with the shades. Oh, yeah. And his long hair. You know what I mean? And, like, the, he has and, that. They, and they do a Ramones cover. No shit. Well. Yeah. It was, it was cool. awesome. I mean, speaking of covers, that Pat Benatar cover, I thought it was pretty cool. Ah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get a lot of points for that, but no, I mean they're definitely uh, like eighties influenced. You know, it's like a nature of like of eighties since uh, you know rock, and then like you know like the Misfits and that's all why these. George likes them too. I think so. Yeah, George likes them a lot too. Yeah. Makes what, sense. Is there is there a would you say like eighties goth vibes in there too? Like the Cure. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. For sure. Those right. Those I, I would say that pre pre electric era cult definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My next one. What am I number six? Yes, six, six, six. six. Aquilus with Bellum. I don't know if it's Bellum I or Bellum One. So Aquilus to me is one of those weird, strange bands. But uh, if you're familiar with uh, Obsequiae, you will definitely like this. It's more of uh, I think in terms of uh, I don't want to say like neoclassical, but kind of classical sort of. Black metal, maybe a little akin to like Agalock. And what I love about this yeah. is the cover art for this. Uh, you really get this sense of dread when you're listening to these guys. Uh, the, the vocals are very aggressive, uh, black metal vocals. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find the on my. Here you go. But the cover art is amazing because it has. It's just really dark. It just seems like it's a really dark, stormy night. And there looks like these trees are kind of trying to <clears throat> gravitate towards each other, and it sets the the tone for the album. You know what I'm I mean? Looking it at just, it right now. Yeah, it sets that what you're looking at is what you get, essentially when you're listening when you're looking at the cover art for this. So I feel like this one slipped through the cracks for me somehow. Apparently, uh, I had I had uh, to it. I hearted it on my Spotify. So. <clears throat> it's, it's really good. It's super atmospheric. It's very atmospheric. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's it's. It's got so many different elements to it, but it's definitely black metal. And each time you listen to it, you'll pick up something different. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get everything the first time you hear it. Right. That's good enough for me. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to I'm gonna cross it off my list over here. So my next album is Tribulation. So where the gloom becomes sound. Now this is a more... Uh, I think they're Swedish sort of gothic black metal type vibe going on again. I'm thinking thinking a a little bit of a trend here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, There's elements. I man, I don't know if this is just me, but I heard a little bit of a muck era sentenced in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just of of the way they're, the way they play their music. You know what I mean? I can hear that. Yeah. 
And so it starts off a little slower, then it gets a little bit gets a bit heavier. So, but tribulation, uh, the cover art isn't as as great as we want it to be. <laughs> but it's because it goes a long way, you know what I mean? Especially, remember I was telling you guys, I don't know if I, if I did, right? I was telling you I bought that book, Injustice for Art. and uh, where I've it, seen that book. I have not. Yeah, where it, it gives you the uh, it gives you alternative um, what would have been the cover art for those albums, for certain albums, the story behind them and whatnot. So art goes a long way. I really like that. I mean, it, I'm... Remember the times where there wasn't Spotify, YouTube, or any of that shit, and you would just buy an album just by the way it looked. Yep. Yeah. And so I have I a discovered some of my. We're all yeah. vinyl collectors. We can all appreciate the good. Yeah. Art. yeah. <laughs> I discovered some of my favorite bands that way. Just going yeah. to the, the store and going, I like this cover. I want to hear what this sounds like. Yeah. And it was just there's just like an uh, an attraction to that. You know what I mean? To, for me especially for cover art, you know. So that was my. It's very it's very important. Yeah. That was my number four. So now my number three. Uh, and this doesn't surprise the shit out of me. Nick Hargsog, The Dread March of Solemn Gods. This is actually UK. Uh, they're from Liverpool. Uh, total Dissection Worship. Supreme Dissection Worship. And if you take a look at that cover art, man, <coughs> it has the blues, the purples, you know, how the do you, whites. How do you just, spell the band's name? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's like N-I-N-K-H-A-A-R-D-S-A-A-G, I think. Close. Something uh, like that. N-I-N-K-H-A-R-S-A-G. Found it. I added the, too many A's. <laughs> the Dread March of Solemn Gods. And uh, I swear, though, it's such a good album, man. The, the <laughs> Just the... The the dissection vibes alone are enough to kind of sell it, you know what I mean? But yeah, the, the actual song itself, the title track is really good. Um, I don't know. There's something for me that I really tend to... I think I gravitated to a lot of the more melodic style black metal albums this year. Um, there was a trend of... Uh, like we all mentioned, there was tons and tons of black metal albums. Um, and it was it was really difficult to... Because there were so many, and it's how you guys said they started knocking them out of your other lists. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I could see how this one gave me a hard time too. But ultimately, it came down to what you guys were talking about, um, just listening, the listens and whatnot. Uh, did you check out the cover art for that? I did. Yeah, I just looked okay. at it. Yeah, it looks cool, man. So I have to my- check these guys out. My next one would be Stargazer, and these guys are Australian. So Stargazer Psychic Secretions, uh, such a weird-ass name, but I get this is, I think, the tech death metal album for me of the year, uh, if I want to give it uh, that classification or category. if you, if you, I love the cover art for this one as well because it has kind of like a Morbid Angels, uh, I think it's like a Abominations vibe. But again, if you're looking for technical death metal and just straight up technical death metal with some, dare I say, you know, like those jazz fusion elements and super bad, you know, widdly widdly bass, this is a great album. Plus the title, Psychic Secretions, like that's kind of a, that's pretty brilliant, you know. It's not available on Spotify, which is the only real downfall. Uh, Unfortunately, no, I had to YouTube this. 
this bad boy. So and although I mean I'll have to just purchase it as well too because that's that's one of the ones that I really, like I need to have. Um, and that was my number two, and my number one. I think this one was a, a no brainer. Uh, Sub- Subterranean Masquerade, Mountain Fever, Israel. Mm. Uh, easily to me my most my favorite progressive metal of uh, you know the best progressive metal album of the year. We are, we are seeing eye to eye on this one. Is yeah. not. It's on my list. We will get to that. It's not as high as on yours. Yeah. But yeah, we are definitely on the same page there. Yeah, this one to me was was kind of crazy because you look at the cover art, you're like, what what, what am I going to get here? Because you don't know what you're going to get with that. You know, there's there's those definite elements of like 70s uh, rock plus 70s progressive rock, but modern. And they, ha- they put their own twist. I want to say like their own... Um, Middle Eastern twist to it as well. Uh, I, I feel these, like there were times where I would listen to this and I would just feel just fucking happy, dude. There's just these guys just, are originally from Israel. They're from Israel. Uh, the main mm-hmm. songwriter um, is a guy named Tomer Pink. So he's mm-hmm. been they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like the second or third album with their uh, current vocalist. Um, the original albums had Paul Kerr from November's Doom, and then they had. Uh, oh the God! From Kiel, Green Carnation. From Green Carnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, this album—it's a great mixture. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about, it's a great mixture of, of that Middle Eastern folk m- music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say that it's there's some heavy parts, oh, yeah. really heavy yeah. stuff on this album. But there's also mixtures of like I want to say, um, uh, sort of orchestral stuff, but also like, you know, Broadway type feelings to yeah. this album too yeah for sure and there's Very progressive there's and i think that broadway stuff that you're talking about is probably um like brass instruments that are yeah, yeah. that are implemented in there you know what i mean so i love that i mean seriously dude the song the cover the the, the title track mountain favorite itself it's fucking it's so catchy man but the one that caught me off guard was that song inward uh, it's track number four. It's just such a, it's just one of those songs where you really do get vibes from seventies rock and stuff like that. And oh yeah, for sure. It's just, it's just, I don't know, but the whole album is so good. They, and it's funny, even though they are from Israel or originally from Israel, mm-hmm. they are the, yeah, the, the main tend- the, the tendencies that you hear are certainly could be Middle Eastern, but they sound obviously nothing alike from like orphan land and whatnot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They have their own element. It's, it's, uh, I feel like if, these guys uh, were taking notes from like Devin Townsend as well. You know what I mean? Oh, for and, sure. And, and the way they're creating their music. So for me, this was my most the the best progressive metal album movie. If you they they put out a cover of Wherever I May Roam from uh, Metallica this year too, That's which a good cover. it's an amazing cover. I don't. I like the original version. It's okay, but this totally changes it into a good song. Is there? Are they on that? That. They were not. Oh, okay. They put it out. <laughs> when they first put it out, they're like, how come we weren't on this? And then I listened <laughs> to it, and it's so much better than all the bullshit that was on that Metallica cover abomination thing they put yeah. out. But, yeah, their their cover of Wherever on My Room is so good. Yeah. I've been following these guys for years and years. Um, they're very friendly on social media, too. I've been 
they made a they posted something recently about somebody putting them at the top of the list. I'm like, wait till you hear our episode. Yeah. And they're excited for it. So they're gonna yeah. love that, dude. That's awesome, man. Yeah, they seem like a bunch cool. of sweethearts, dude. So that's cool. I need to, I need, I need to get them on an interview. That'd be great. No, the singer, be awesome, yeah. They finally found the right vocalist. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, uh, not to say that the others were bad. I mean, the, obviously they were good, but they found the guy who perfectly matches what they're trying to do. Who's yep. who's so versatile? He can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. Forgot what his name is, David D- David Davi or something like that. Yeah, something but, like uh, that. Davi um, Davi or something. He's such a, he was the thing that he was the the thing that leapt out at that from that album the most for me was just how good he was. You know, they found they found the right they found the vocalist that's a permanent member of the band and not just yeah. a hired gun. Right, I agree. There are times, and this is just me. I got David Bowie when I he's like see that. where he's crooning and when he's singing, and it just made it even so much better. Yeah. So those were my top ten. Now. Should I go into some honorable mentions? Yeah, let's please do. Um, uh, I, I had some categories. Uh, can I share those first, and then I can get into the honorable mentions? Sure. Yeah, sure. Do it. Do whatever you want to do, man. Okay. This so is your spotlight. I had the my embarrassment of the year, which would be <laughs> Iron Maiden, Senjutsu. Oh. Absolutely. I was wondering if it's not Omnium Gatherum. I would have put Omnium Gatherum in that. <laughs> I would, wait, wait, let's. Let's go back to Iron Maiden real quick when we get to Omnium. I was waiting for somebody to talk about Iron Maiden. Um, yeah. Iron Maiden is Iron Maiden. They always put out an Iron Maiden album. That's this correct. is not my favorite album. Right. For sure. I've only listened to it once or twice and never went back to it. If I listened to it a, something yeah. right there. Yeah, I listened to it a few times. I couldn't do it. Uh, is it was it The Book of Souls, their last album? Yeah. Outstanding. I, th- I love that album. I thought it was great. Um, this one was a play it safe. Uh, not sure if it had anything to do with Bruce and his cancer they had previously. And they're well, just apparently like, you know they, they recorded this. It's been it's been in the in the vault for a while before they released it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, will it deter me from seeing them live? No. Oh hell no! I'm still gonna. Watch well, I'll I'll enjoy the songs when they play them live, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's in my top fifty, but very very low, which is surprising. I think they're they're um, they're always going to be there. That they're again like uh, we go back to the what we were saying earlier. What I was saying earlier, these kind of hero bands that we have to rely on sometimes to release albums because other bands aren't pulling their weight. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was my embarrassment of the year. Well, with Iron Maiden this year though, that album I can't say I was disappointed by it simply because I didn't even know it was coming. And then you know a month before it comes out, they're like, hey, guess what? We're kicking out an album next month and you're just like what really so it was you know, quick you, right yeah yeah you hop online you pre-order <laughs> it because you know you always pre-order an iron maiden album yeah. but you know let, let's be honest you know the, the iron maiden will always be my favorite band but when you see them live what gets the response it's those 80s albums. The hits. That, that's, you know, yeah. that, that Legacy of the Beast tour, that last one that I went to go see, Yo. it was brilliant. And it's because they they did a lot of just classic songs. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I guess you could say it's just a nostalgia trip or whatever, but, hey, that nostalgia is damn good. That's what people so, pay for, man. Yeah. 
I mean, I saw I saw a tour from them a couple years back where they were doing a lot of Brave New World stuff, and people were really into those songs. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But the thing with the new album, and, and, and here, Carrie, I'll take exception with it being even on your yeah. list. Because, again, if you only listened to it two times and you never went back to it, why is it even on your list? I would just <laughs> – would not. it would not be even in consideration. Um, <laughs> it was just a – it was just a plodding, mediocre record. And there were a couple songs in there that I added to my Maiden little playlist thing. And that's it. I'm probably not going to go back and revisit the others that often because... And they, Maiden is my favorite band, but, I mean, you compare that their release to the Halloween release, and it's just like... Oh, yeah. Well, you know... And oranges, man. And, and, I, and I thought, like, the last great Maiden album was, final, was the Final Frontier. I thought that was a spectacular record. And they just need a fucking editor. They need someone in the band with the courage to say, this is shit. This needs to be left in the cutting room. And we need to just have the best stuff here. And it's not going to be that fucking lazy producer, Kevin Shirley, who sucks. They need Lars. They need Lars in there. You need, you need someone (laughs) doing, you need someone doing like, yeah, I don't know, uh, quality control inside this inside the <laughs> studio. So well, I mean, there, right. were, there were songs on that record that sound like they have a three minute intro and a three minute outro, yeah. and it's like yeah. Jesus Christ, man! Just it, in, in the, if you cut that out, bad. this is a good song. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It to me, it'd it be a single boring, album, dude. It'd be such a it, such it was a double album, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, just because you could put damn near, you know. Over two hours, damn near two hours of music on a CD doesn't mean you should. Well, and, and you remember the infamous quote from Steve Harris back when uh, No Prayer came out, a little bit of Maiden history. He was so jazzed about the CD giving him extra length to put more stuff on there because he wanted to give the fans value. It's like, <laughs> for fuck that shit, man. Go back to LP length. The Quality. next Maiden album should only be released on LP as far as a physical product. Fuck CDs. And... This is your this is your thirty five to forty minutes. Give us your best yeah. thirty five to forty minutes. Go, you know, and that's what it should be. But yeah. no one has the courage is, to say that to him. Forty minutes is perfect length for an album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of forty minutes and probably less, comeback for me. That I have two different comeback albums of the year. Uh, Fear Factory to me with aggression continuum. I didn't. I, I honestly did not expect them to be doing anything great anymore. Probably since, uh, well, shit, obsolete. Probably. And Halloween. Halloween is one of the other comeback albums. Uh, comeback albums of the year. Um, yes. I'm. I'm sort of jaded with Fear Factory at this I'm point. extremely I'm jaded with Fear Factory. Yeah. <laughs> I know you are, Justin. They, like when I was in college, Fear Factory was like my favorite band. Like I Shit, love. Somebody's about to hit, be hit by a train. What's going on? Next to the tracks, man. Sorry. <laughs> I love Fear Factory. You know, and when I met Burton, he was super cool. Yeah. He was a really nice guy to me. Uh, I've seen him live, live several times. They were fantastic. Dino is a fucking asshole. He is an asshole. All the time, dude. All the time. Dino was a huge dick to me, you know, and it really kind of jaded me to it. But then, you know, all this stuff happened. I know they've gone through like countless breakups and reunitings and, you know, it's just this big clusterfuck of what the band is now. Yeah. But I think this one was the final, you know, bridges burned. It's never fixing. And Burton's gone, especially I, after the legal issues that they were going through. Yeah, I think yeah. I listened to this album once, and it, 
I, you know, what you're, what you're saying, Justin, is, um, I mean, I didn't have a problem with Dino. He was okay to me, but it was Burden who was super nice to me. Burden's um, a nice guy. Well, he was super cool yeah. when I, you know, I, when I moderated their panel at Comic Palooza years ago. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I'm going to bring you a drumhead. Can you sign it for me? Burden went out of his way, and he's like, you know what? At every show, I actually create a brand new design on a drumhead. And he, he's like, leave it with me for the day, and I'm going to draw you something really cool. And he did. I'll have to take a picture and put it in the That's show awesome, notes. Dude. It's really cool. Um, he was so he was so nice. But, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with Dino. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. He was nice to me, but um, I can't speak to anybody else. I mean, he remembered my name after, like, <laughs> months and months. Well, it's cool, just, but... it's just, it's not even the personal shit with no, Dino, because, like, he was a dick, but, like, you know, if you read in detail about everything that went down no, this time, it did, Dino yeah. really fucked Burden over, like, bad. That's why and, I created on this album. And, I like, I have a hard time even, like, I listened to this album once, just like you did, Yep. and, like, yeah, there's, there's good tracks on there, but, like, I just can't see supporting this album for the reason that it's, you know, so tainted in my mind. And, Mm, the way gotcha. I, he's going, he the, he's touring with his band. I don't know who's singing for it or whatever, anything like that. But the the tour that he's doing, it's like dope and mm-hmm. all these like new metal bands. I'm like, what are you doing? Why why are you doing that? Because those were, I mean, in in the late 90s and early 2000s, that's yeah. who they toured with. Static X and, yeah. and Fear Factory were hand in hand through the whole thing. And now Static X, you know, Wayne's been dead for years. They've got Edsel Dope singing for them. Uh, which is a weird choice, but I, I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, but I, I don't, I, I wouldn't go see that tour, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Me, I'm not going for sure. <laughs> Tony Campos I, isn't really all that nice either. <laughs> for being honest. No, dude, I saw him on, uh, I think I saw him on 70 K and I said, hi to him. He just fucking turned away from me. So nice. mm-hmm. that's about right. Wayne, however, was a sweetheart. Wayne was a really nice guy. It's a shame he died. Seems like he was. Um, what else you got, man? I have. I'll, I'll go through them quick. So, Swedish Death Battle, Unanimated, uh, Victory in Blood, Great Melodic Death, Imperium, Uber den Sternen. I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry, Christian. They're from Germany. <laughs> Some good uh, folky uh, black metal. This is more, I guess, closer to the acoustic album Ulver had done. Uh, Gate okay. Creeper, Unexpected Reality from Phoenix, Arizona. Sturberfall, Verlone Zeit, they're Russian. Uh, I would call it shit gaze, you know, like black gaze, but just death metal. Short songs, four minutes, pretty good. Starlight Ritual, Sealed in the Starlight, Ca- Canadian, straight up traditional heavy metal. Cadaric Fumes, Echoing Chambers of the Soul. Some good French death metal. Flotsam and Jetsam, you guys know that one. Blood in the Water. Uh, Synthwave. Pertubator with Lustful Sacraments. Another great Synthwave album. You guys love uh, your technical death metal. Typhonian, The Cosmic Pendulum of Time. More if Agalok had sex with uh, Catatonia, an autumn for crippled children. As the morning dawns, we close our eyes. Another mm-hmm. great album. And then Vola with Witness, Progressive, and Sowen with Imperial. More progressive. 
Yes, the Soma album is really good. You mentioned you're gonna have to send me a list of all these bands so we can like uh, put them on the show notes because you mentioned so many bands I've never heard of. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's, I'll send that's you the list. That's what's great about the genre of, of heavy metal. It's there's so many yeah. bands. No matter how much you devote to just discovering new shit, yeah, you're never gonna find everything. Unless you're so Christian. Much of it. Unless you're Christian. I was about yeah. to say that. <laughs> Speaking of being Christian, you're next, sir. All right. Look, look at that segue. All right. Well, here we go. I, the, I, I think one of the, the biggest things about this year is, you know, how no matter what your list is, like there, there's stuff on everybody's list so far that I don't have on mine, but I could, I sit there and I go, yeah, I could see that. You know, it, it's, it's definitely there. Like the, the, uh, under others album. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. One thing I really, really dig about that band is they sell it. You know, that they, they, and I, I think that's huge. Like, if you're going to do it, go all in, you know, just really sell it. And Christian, I mean, yeah. real quick, do you think if MTV existed, MTV existed still to this day, or if they were around during the MTV days, I think they would do outstanding? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. If, if MTV was still covering that style of music, for right. sure. Yeah. Well, MTV. Most of recovering any music. Music. So, in general. (laughs) Speaking of, not not to segue or steal this, but you guys heard Beavis and Butthead's coming back, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be, they're old. Yeah. They're going to have kids, right? It's going to be interesting for sure. Shit. Are you serious? It just reminds me of that that scene in Beavis and Butthead Do America where they, they meet the. The older version, the older version of themselves, <laughs> but they don't know it. That's yep. what it reminds me of. <laughs> All right, um, but uh, you know, like that under others album, like I was saying, the there's times that I really, really like that album, and then there's other times where I'm really meh, and it, it's almost very dependent on whatever kind of mood you're in. Uh, yeah. But I could definitely see why that makes somebody's list. You know, I, I yeah. definitely get it. Yeah. So, I mean, just overall, there's just uh, this year is probably going to go down as one of the best years. Probably what the last five, maybe. It, it, I can't think of a year that was really stronger than this one. Um, certainly not for death uh, for death and black metal this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but all right, if we're going to go by uh, just basically the top ten. Uh, my number 10 was Netherbird or Um, just a great album. All we've already talked about it a little bit, so I think you really, really, really influenced me to, to listen to this album more. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's really good. I mean, I mean, I well, I guess anything that makes a top 10 list is going to be really good, so uh, <laughs> it kind of goes without saying. It's like, uh, but uh, you know, just their songwriting is just. Uh, I think is uh, like Justin was saying, I I actually kind of liked their last one a little bit better, but it's so close that it really doesn't matter because I I thought their last one was brilliant too. Uh, Number nine, I had worm, Witch, wolf hex. Um, They covered the wrong Metallica song. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What song did they cover? Oh, not of wolf and man. Um, oh, that would have made sense. <laughs> that one would have made sense. I don't remember which one it was, but it wasn't that one. Um, Jesus. 
now it's I'm going to look it up me. while you keep on talking. All right, you keep going. Um, then I had I had darkest mind in this spot. Uh, Oracle of Death. Oh, they did hit the lights. That's what yeah, it is. Hit the lights. Yeah. Okay. Which you know, not it's a bad not a bad cover, cover not but not it is definitely cover. like thematically incorrect. <laughs> I think all three of us have de- had different warm bands on our list because I'll get to mine later. <laughs> oh well, I further down on my list, I had Wormwood and you know, of course, Worm Witch and uh, I have Worm. Number, I, <laughs> you have Worms? No, I have the band oh, Worm. Oh, okay. <laughs> not Warm Wood or Warm Witch. <laughs> But, so it's a warmy year. Yeah, number eight. I had originally I had Darkest Mind, Oracle of Death, which is another really good black metal album that came out near the end of the year. But yeah. I ended I ended up having to switch it out with uh, Wraith, Undo the Chains. Um, just a really really good black and thrash metal album. That I mean, it, it's just really catchy. It's um, I I could definitely see this being amazing live. Just yeah, oh yeah. You know, they they really killed it on this one. It's a killer um, album. Yeah, number seven is a band that previous to this that I guess they did a just a thrash metal cover album. They just did a bunch of covers, mm-hmm. uh, and this here's their debut album. It's a, I don't know if it's Demonstrator or if it's Demons Trader, <laughs> uh, but it's you know Demonstrator, but uh, take out the S and put in a Z. Yeah, um, I've listened to called, this album. Yeah, the album's called Sinister Forces of Hatred. Um, nice. And I mean, th- there's just some, it's just some killer old school kind of thrash metal that a little bit more aggressive, but um, well, whatever they were doing in their cover album, they they learned a lot of lessons because they, they definitely know how to write some really catchy thrash metal. Um, number six for me was Stormkeep. Tales of the Other Time, uh, for any number of reasons that everybody's already mentioned. You know, cover is great. Uh, mm-hmm. The songs are great. It takes you, and, and you know, the funny thing is, you know, everybody talks about, oh, this brings me back to when I first heard, you know, black metal or whatever. Well, back in those days, I hated black metal. Uh, <laughs> like I, I was not a fan of Immortal. I was not a fan of Emperor. I just, I just didn't like it. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't really get into black metal till maybe five, six, seven years ago, something like that. Um, and I've progressively got into it more with, uh, I think, the more melody they add into it, uh, yeah. the more the more complex the songwriting is getting, and and definitely the way, way, way better production. Um, yeah. That that helps out a lot. Like you know, when you know, I, I hear people that have you know like some really good feelings for like the the super old mayhem albums and stuff that that sounded like they were recorded in somebody's basement on a mm-hmm. you know, boom box or whatever. I, I don't, I just can't do that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I yeah, I'm not that, a fan either. Say it, but there's yeah. nothing wrong with good production value. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, like you yeah. don't have to. It, you you aren't more cult with a V if you have bad production. Uh, I kind of like some of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I if if that's your thing, cool. I I just I, I gotta right. have something that sounds good, you know. Uh, for number five for me was Destinity in Continuum uh, with that album. Um, 
this is every bit as good as a Dark Tranquility album. Mm, um, okay. I just it, it is it's better than some. Good. Yeah, yeah, better than some. But it, it is definitely they definitely have taken that, and you know, it, you can definitely see the Dark Tranquility influence in it, okay. um, and the guitar tone in it, just great it's, it's just it's great. just that name man that name yeah that out that name is terrible um and i mean you know sometimes you know like the demonstrator thing you know going back to a name what why why name your band something that's going to be hard to google yeah makes no sense like yeah. demonstrator everybody will type that in as an s uh nobody's going to put a z in there um but you see that all the time you know like mm-hmm. uh with you know, try and make the, the the name way more difficult than it has to be. You know, they put right. numbers into the name. It's like, okay. <laughs> uh, number four for me was probably my uh, thrash metal album of the year, and I mean, it wasn't wasn't close until Demonstrator came out, and that's Angelus Apatrita, uh, self titled. Um, just you, you talk just about this band a lot. Oh yeah, that that song indoctrinate. Uh, when that when that breakdown riff comes in, oh my god, that, that it just sticks with you. It's instantly memorable. That that's mm. a sign of a great thrash metal album. Yeah. If you just, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of what I like to call the big dumb riff. Like if you've got a killer riff and you know how to work that riff, that's kind of what I like about Sacred Reich. Oh, uh, dude, they were masters at that. Yeah, and they, the vocalists have that great. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, the epitome of thrash is to me Sacred Reich. Yeah, I mean the the song "Ignorance," you know that that little mm-hmm. what is it about the two minute mark where it cuts into that breakdown and they just uh, they just start jamming for a yeah. solid two minutes, and that that's just I just love that about thrash metal. Uh, number three for me was Halloween, and uh, this one here. Like I said earlier, I, I got a few thoughts on that. I, I don't know. Did anybody else notice this as much as I did that, you know, the intro to that album is South of Heaven? Did yes. anybody else yeah. hear yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. I heard that, that shit. That is just, uh, from the first time I heard it, I was like, are they just like saying, uh, you know, giving them, uh, you know, some props like about, a, hey, like not, enjoy your retirement? Time. Yeah. Or <laughs> what? Or did they not notice it? I, I I just saw no other review that mentioned. Well, the, apparently, there's only, there's only only so many riffs that have ever been written. So, well, yeah, but well, I mean, even the eventually drum, you're going to cover Slayer. But it's pretty yeah. obvious, though. Yeah, the drums. Not even, they're not even the, masking the way it. the dr- yeah the way the drums kick in. It, yeah. It's the yeah. the same drum line, yeah. and you're just like, well, okay. Uh, Which album not did I put they, on? Yeah, uh, it, it's. I just noticed that at the very beginning, but mm-hmm. overall. The thing that impressed me the most about this album is, you know, like everybody was saying that, you know, you have all these different songwriters and very, very good songwriters. Um, I've been fortunate enough to meet Halloween way back in the day, uh, like late 1980s. And uh, there were some really, really, really strong personalities in that um, <laughs> in that band. I mean, uh, Kai is not always the nicest guy. Um you that know, does not surprise uh, me. Yeah, and neither is Kiski. Um, you, you know, they, they there's definitely a lot of egos in that band. Uh, 
but for them to come together and kick out this album was yeah. super impressive to me because to keep I... all that ego in check yeah. and write the music that they did is one of my highlights in my life was going in 2018 to Chicago to see Halloween perform live. It was all three of them playing live. It was an amazing experience. That's awesome. And honestly, I think that Pumpkins United tour yeah. is is what really set up the yeah. writing on this album mm-hmm. because you can tell that these songs they were written for a live setting. So for a live setting, th- they're uh, they have the the gang vocals and yeah, and big just, catchy choruses. Yeah, for sure. Um, this this will go over great live. I, I, mean, I love the harmony between uh, you know Kiske and Andy Darius when they do harmonize together, but does not beat Kiske and Tobias Salmon when they harmonize. That's uh, that's like perfection. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know, Matt, like uh, the crowd noise pop on on what's that song, Mass Pollution, mm-hmm. um, where you know it's kind of like the, the make some noise moment. That is such a little. It's one of those things that a, a ba- any lesser band it would sound terrible and tacky, yeah. but in the hands of them, you're just sort of like, yeah. Can you yeah, can you imagine that in a live setting? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be great. See, and, and I I think they they specifically wrote for a live setting. I think uh, so. Once it, this pandemic just, is is cleared up a little bit more, even than it is now, again, hopefully they will be able to do another full world tour because they know they were planning on it. So, because I mean, any like way the, possible, you guys can make it to a show. You have to do it. Oh, I've, I've seen I, I've seen them three or four times. Um, great, great band, great band live. And I mean, like I said, the the choruses being sing along, but they're mm-hmm. you know the the guitar. The guitar parts where you know you got two or three guitars all playing the same thing all at the same time, and you know that's sprinkled throughout too. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about it to me seems like we're gonna we're gonna play the hell out of this live. Yeah. So I mean, that that's what I really really dug about this album. Um, <laughs> my number two is Bewitcher, Curse Be Thy Kingdom. Um, like I said. This is the uh, they are the reason I'm flying to Houston uh, for okay. Hell's Heroes. I mean, these guys are, uh, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, like you have to sell it. You know what I mean? And you can tell that these guys are just having a lot of fun playing music. Uh, the whole album is just fun. It's got that, you know, that nod to the old school kind of heavy metal vibe with with still the harsh vocals and stuff, but it's just super catchy. It's just absolutely, it would be absolutely great just driving down the highway on a long drive. Uh, probably end up driving. There's going to be a lot of fun live too. Oh yeah. I, I could see, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about them in a, in a live setting, but if, if they come out there and like, you know, really, you know, kick it into overdrive when they're on stage, like, uh, uh, I, I like to think of a band. Uh, I, I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of a band called Dust Bolt. Yeah, I have. Uh, I, I don't it, know much it, about them though. Yeah, it's a thrash band from uh, Germany in the in the oh down by Munich, and uh, I saw them here in in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa, and they were opening up for Skeleton Witch and Ooh. Obituary. I think it was. Nice. Um, and you know they so they have. I mean the stage is already small, but 
So they have even less space. They they probably had an area of six foot by four foot. And if probably that. no sound check and oh no, no, not at all. <laughs> and you know, they're the very first band up, and these guys are screaming at the audience like you know, it, there's 20,000 people there and, you know, <laughs> head banging as hard as they can. And, you know, most of the crowd isn't even there yet because, you know, every, well, most people are probably there to see Skeleton Witch or Obituary. Um, and so th- they're going to arrive a little bit later, but there's probably 25 people watching them at the time. And they're just going out of their way to sell this. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're Dust Bolt. We're from Germany, and you're gonna you're gonna like our brand of thrash metal. And I mean, <laughs> they're kind of uh, if you, if you don't know who they are, they they have this kind of suicidal tendencies vibe. Uh, like if you mix suicidal with anthrax, uh, you you kind of have. All right, so you're saying I have to listen to this? Oh yeah, you you would definitely <laughs> you would definitely be this man. Um, Watch out, Dave! Um, they're about to get you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put this on my list. I know. All right, cool. And uh, finally, my number one, which probably isn't a surprise to anybody because I've been hyping this album forever. <laughs> Since it came out, what, end of January, is Yoth Area mm-hmm. as the Flame Weathers. Uh, everything about that album, I mean, there isn't a weak track. There isn't a, a weak moment on that album. And, you know, the, the very first song that I heard on there was that Red Crown Turns Black. And, you know, that melody line that's at the very end of that, that's just super, super catchy. And they just keep repeating it. And it, it, it almost sounds, you know, mellow death. And you're just like, wow, a, you know, black metal album that's just not used to hearing that. And that's where part of that, you know, uh, that melodicness that's come into black metal that I'm really, really digging. Yeah. Uh, do, you, but, do you think do you think the, the Seattle area album like set your tone for the whole year and like I think making so. you more open to black metal? I definitely think so because I, I was looking for like man, I wish I could find another one that's this good. And <laughs> I, I definitely found some. I mean, uh I, the, this what Jim Mutilator, I think he, he came out with a they, they I guess they had a, a band that's been around for quite a while, but they ended yeah. it this year. Um, and that album I thought was really, really good too. Um, oh, do I have it written down? Yeah. Necromantia, Necromantia to the depths we descend. Um, I really dug that too. It didn't make my top 30, but, um, it was really, really good too. Uh, but far and away the, the best thing that I, uh, I loved about that album was the song, the mantis, you know, how it starts out with just that super quiet whisper. And then it just keeps getting louder and louder mm-hmm. and louder. Mm-hmm. And then at about the 112 mark, that drop hits. And it just like explodes and just sounds evil as fuck. I mean, just <laughs> it, it's just brutal. And I mean, I would just crank the fuck out of that in the car. And, you know, I mean, it's giving me goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Uh, just just how good that is and you know the the drums that were in there and then you know he just then it almost kicks into a whole different song that the second half of that song is almost completely different Mm -hmm. Uh, but it all works i mean it's just a brilliant album from the very beginning to the very end i mean there isn't a song on there that i would even conceive of you know skipping 
So Sal Mart is awesome. Yeah. Oh, cool. hell yeah, dude. It is for sure. I mean, it just screams black metal. Everything about this album just screams black metal. Uh, as far as honorable mentions go, uh, of course, Hooded Menace. Uh, mm-hmm. Necrofire. Uh, yes. Houston Band. Um, that's a that's a really good record. And I'm actually surprised more people haven't talked about it. Um I've seen it on a lot of lists, actually. I've seen it on a lot of end of lists. Have you? I've yeah. I've yet to run into one. Um, I've seen it before. Yeah, I mean, I I personally I like um, the new Malignant Altar a little bit more than Necrofire. I like them both. So, um, if you're a Houstonian, you know uh, Dauber is a is a beast in the scene here. Um, he's, Wait, how he's many like bands a, is he in? Twenty. Like- uh, <laughs> yeah, he's seriously. Uh, I've known him for like. 25 plus years man yeah when i heard um, him and cammy were getting married i was like how did we got they, time for that like, they, yeah they just got married or, last weekend <laughs> i believe um well either that awesome. or he had he had to marry her because he doesn't have time to meet other women so he's he's literally not just because I, I mean, he's a friend i know him he's actually one of my favorite drummers i love his style um I yeah I I have not seen Necrofire live. I haven't been going to a lot of shows, but I do plan once all the stuff sort of cleans up a little bit to go see them. I mean, I have some like some of the early early works when you know Infernal Dominion was one of my favorites back in the day, and uh, all these old school death metal bands he's been in in Houston, man. Yeah, it. I really dug the album. I thought it was. I mean, how I I bought it on vinyl the week it came out. Um, yep. The band Necronautical, Slain in the Spirit, great album. I've uh, I've tried to like that more than I should. Uh, <laughs> than I, I've listened to it many times, and it just there's I mean there's elements that I really like, but it just doesn't pull me back. You know what I mean? I can see that. I mean, but I it's good. Yeah, it, it's really, and I'm actually that's another album that I'm waiting for the vinyl to come in that I ordered three months ago. It's stuck somewhere in the Atlantic, I guess. Um, it's necronautical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dead in the water. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, in the uh, Panama Canal, Canal somewhere. I'm stuck on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like everything that I've ordered from the UK, I'm. It's like I can't seem to get here. <laughs> um, Veil Mist, Secrets of the Ego, uh, Ego Chasm. That was a really good one from the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It, my, it didn't have my it didn't have ups. staying power. Yeah, I've gone back to it a few times and like it's good, but it it wasn't one that I continuously thought about listening to. Yeah. Uh, w E B. Oh yeah. Coliseum. I about that. Yeah. Uh, if you if you want some symphonic black metal like Demu Borger uh, kind of stuff, only I I think they're uh, actually a little bit better than Demu. Uh, oh, I wouldn't go that far, but they're good. <laughs> but but th- this album, well, I mean, when was the last time Demu put an album out? It seems like forever. I mean, if you're bored with Demu, this is good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. you know. Uh, Noctambulist, The Barren mm-hmm. Form. Uh, that was a really good black metal album from yeah. earlier. Again, didn't have the staying power that some of the other ones did. Uh, Thulchondra, A Dying Wish, mm-hmm. another really good melodic death metal album. Yep. 
That um, album, when did it come out? In November-ish? Or so December? Dance One O produced, man. Was it October? Yeah. It was what now? I mean, Dance One O, I think, produced that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that has jumped really high onto my list, like, really quickly. That's actually, for me, it'd be my number 13. I, I, I adore that album. It's really, really good. Also Dissection vibes, no? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, Bone Hunter, Dark Blood. Some more. I recommended that to a few people. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a it, porn series. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Bone Hunter. <laughs> Bone Hunter, Volume Thirty Four. They take it super seriously, though. <laughs> yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, another good thrash metal album that. Uh, I didn't have the staying power that I thought it would. I really, really, really liked it at the very beginning of the year, but Nervosa, Perpetual Chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all right. Yeah. That, that band split apart, and actually, I think they're better off both ways because I, I, I think I like the Crypto album Nerv- a lot. Yeah. I think Nervosa, this is their best album. And then the other two girls form Crypta, and that's a brilliant album. It's yeah. a great album. I just wish the production was a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little uh, bit. It's a little bit dirty for me, but uh, the songs are great. Malice Divine. Uh, that's yeah. one that I actually forgot about, and then at the end of the year, when I was coming up with my list, I ended up going back to. Um, it's just a great record. There, there's um, the only problem with that one is there's like a couple of songs in the middle that just kind of aren't as good as the rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna butcher this. Plog Drager. Or plug dragger or whatever. Uh Rampspa uh, Rampspa Odd <laughs> and Verdreet. I don't know. I, but another really good black metal album that came in, yeah. you know, at the very end of the year. Um and honestly, if you know, if I heard it more, it'd probably I'd probably make it. Uh Necromantheon, the visions of Tris uh Trismagistos. I'm guessing that's how you say it. Born Home, Apotheosis. Oh, yeah. Another Apotheosis, and that's arguably the better one. <laughs> the Born Home album is great. Yeah. Uh, and then some uh, more lighter stuff. Uh, Eclipse, Wired. Uh, AOR, man. Yeah. Yep, I love I mean, some AOR. It, Me too, dude. That, that album is so damn catchy. I mean, you, you just can't help but... Like that's that's great. Um, if you need some, uh, uh, back in the day we used to call it girlfriend friendly metal. <laughs> you know, you, you, if you got somebody in the car with you, you can't be uh, busting out all the Slayer. Uh, and then uh, a band called oh. Temptation from uh, France, and there's no way I'm going to be able to say this. Uh, Les Berceaux des Du. Uh, got no idea what the hell that means. Sounds good enough to me. But traditional, traditional heavy metal, and I mean, probably the best traditional heavy metal album to come out this year, at least in my opinion. Hmm. Um, I mean, it it sounds like it's straight from 1984, and but without just you know like copying it, right. still sounding like it's fresh and new. But they just do such a good good job on that. And that was all I had. Awesome, man. 
Well, thank you for your list. There's a lot of stuff on there that I have heard and a lot of stuff I have not heard. So uh, with all you guys, let's get a, uh, if you can email me all the stuff and we mm-hmm. can, uh, after the episode comes out, we'll actually post the list up in the Metal Geek Society page on Facebook so people can actually see the full list and then be able to make their own judgments from there and make their own playlist from there. That's cool. All right. Um, we're getting along here, so I'm going to go ahead and just wrap this this puppy up. Um, I'm going to start with my number 10. One of my favorite Dust Doom albums of this past year, uh, a band called Mariana's Rest. The album is Fata Morgana. Um, if you are a fan of, you know, Draconian, that style of, like, Dust yeah. Doom... These guys are so fucking good, so catchy. That was an early release too, right? Like it was February? very early in the year. Yeah, it's it stuck with me the entire year. Um, that was one I, I liked that one too in the beginning of the year, but it didn't stick with me just because Doom is not really my thing. Yeah, it, it, that right. And but if you even liked it, that's even better because yeah, I know it's I'm not saying. really your yeah, <laughs> it's not your 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 forte, but it's definitely mine. Um, I really, really enjoy this band, and of course they're fin they're finished, so makes that, sense. It makes sense for me. Um, number nine is a band. Uh, this album cannot stop listening to it. It's um, it's black and roll, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, it's very catchy song, very quirky, uh, and that's uh, the new album from Breed. Wild Northwest, dude, that was such a fucking good album. I completely forgot about that. It, I it yeah. comes. I I listen to that so much. Um, yeah. I've really been a fan of their last two or three albums. The last one, dude, right? Life Hunger, yeah, it's yes. really good. Uh, if you don't know, these guys are um, they formed out of the band Windier that was back in the early two thousands. Um, yeah, this is like their. I don't know, like. Eight or ninth album, something like that. They've been around for a while since like 2004. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they've really have come to their own and found their own real good, really real style here. Very black and roll, very um, catchy. There's there's some elements on here just, that'll just like surprise you. Right. Um, really love this album. Uh, have I think you mentioned- have Go you ahead. heard the have you heard the band Heavy Sentence? I have not. Uh, if you like black and roll, check yeah. out that album. It is, it, it actually made quite a few other lists that I've seen, and I honestly I forgot all about it. Uh, but Big I right, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm gonna add it to my yeah. to my list. Oh, it, it is. It is really really good. I, I've become a really big fan of that black and roll. <laughs> the album cover. Yeah, I I'm looking at it now, and it looks like somebody tried to create like a weird Wolfenstein 3D. Homage with like these weird, it's okay. All right. Yeah, you will you will dig that if you like black and roll. You will dig that album. Cool. I will check it out. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I could see that too. What you're saying? Do you see the Wolfenstein? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pencil drawn. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we uh, talked about number eight for me, and that was a hooded menace of the Tritonius Bell. Yeah. Uh, such a fucking good Doom album, uh, but it's like Doom Thrash in a way. Uh, there's a lot of elements mixed in Doom, Death, Thrash. I all those things mixed it's together. It's chunky, right? It's like a yeah. chunky element to it. 
It really, yeah. The 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 guitars are real, like yeah. sick. You know, mm-hmm. I get a real really. traditional metal vibe out of it. Like, yeah, definitely. I hear that too. New wave of British heavy metal in there too. Mm-hmm. They wear all their influences on their sleeves, and I really in, enjoy that. Um, number seven for me is a band that I've liked for a while, but they've never sort of like really clicked for me until this album. And the album is called Skeleton Lake. Uh, the band is called Hanging Garden. Um, and everything about this album is great except for the clean vocals. But see, <laughs> I, I even enjoy those too. Um, that's okay. I know you don't like clean vocals as much as I do. Um, Skeleton Lake is their 2021 release. Uh, of course, they're finished as well. But um, it's it's atmospheric. It's it's uh, it's it's doomy. It's it's mellow death. It's Every all the elements that I really really enjoy mixed into one album, mm. and it's really the songs are really really good too. They stick with you, you know. I, I listen to this album, and then I want to listen to it again like right after. Um, and that's why I picked my top ten here. It's how many times I actually did listen to them in my play count. Um, number six for me is an album we've already discussed, and that was Subterranean Masquerade Mountain Fever. Oh, fuck yeah. Such a great uh, progressive uh, rock slash metal slash jazz slash mm-hmm. folk metal slash every other genre slash. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Really fun album. I really enjoy these guys. And I've been a fan of them, been a fan of them for a while. And then, you know, I know they put out Vagabond a couple years ago. And then when this album came back out, I'm like, oh wow, they've really hit their stride and made their own thing without. Because we talked about their previous vocals like Paul Kerr and the guy from green carnation mm-hmm. very, very felt much like, you know, hired just, Hey, we hired these guys, but yeah, they've, they've really come a long way. And I really love this album. Uh, number five for me, uh, a band that came out really early in the year. Um, and surprisingly, one of these songs was on George's top songs of 2021. <laughs> um, this is Jotun Access All Worlds. Talk about a cosmic experience oh, yeah. of an album. I I love this album. I know uh, the clean vocals are you might take a little getting used to, um, but overall, I just I absolutely adore this album. Uh, great songwriting, great progressive, spacey, um, d- you know, death metal. You know, it's a really great album. There's a lot going on on that album. Yeah, there mm-hmm. really is. Um, number four for me, <laughs> again, we've talked about it a little bit, but thank you to George uh, for discovering this band for all of us, truthfully. Uh, Duskmorn, Fallen Kings, and Rusted Crowns. I've had so many plays on this album. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, it, it's, it's just such a great... Um, Black and mellow death, I would say, in a way, you know, the guitar riffing is very mellow desi, but the songs are so good, and everything about this album is just it, it gets in uh, ingrained in your brain, not to rhyme, but there you go. <laughs> best, best band logo of the year, best band logo. It was so great that uh, minute Sean saw it, he ordered a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the logo, check it out. It it has a bunch of it's like basically like a 
like a rotted tree sort of like in their yeah. logo. It's really cool looking. It's it's I am Groot of metal. <laughs> uh, number three for me. Okay, my first, my top three. This is. It feels weird to, to put them one, two, and three because they're very close together. But uh, number three for me was an album that I listened to over and over and over. It's very emotional for me. Um, one of my favorite songwriters of all music at all, completely. Uh, it was Silver Lake by Isa Halaponin. Halapin. Oh, dude. I never know another, how to say his name. Another good but, one. Yeah. Uh, this, the main songwriter from Amorphous. This is his right. solo album that came out uh, earlier in the year, probably like, was it March, April, something like I that? I think it was March, April, May, yeah. Uh, I, what I'm pr- I proudly own a limited edition vinyl of this album. Um, I actually supposedly own the top three, but I'm still waiting for one of them to show up <laughs> on vinyl. Um, but uh, yeah, Silver Lake is so good. Uh, some of my favorite vocalists are on this album, um, and I like it still has that amorphous feel to it without being quite amorphous because he's able to branch out and do a little bit different. And that's what I like about solo albums from artists that I enjoy in other bands, right. them being able to branch out and try a little bit different, but still being along the same vein. And I think this album is perfect. The, the intro song, the instrumental on the song hits me emotionally for some reason. I don't know what it is about that song. But it it's so good. It's so amazing. Yeah. I love this album. And they're coming up with a follow up too, right? For Silver uh, Lake, no, uh, Amorphous. Oh yeah, Amorphous has a new album uh, the, uh, coming out in February, I believe. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert: might be in my top ten next year. I would say I'll so. be shocked if it's not. It, it, I, I know. <laughs> I've only heard one track, but uh, I would imagine. Um, number two for me is a, is a band, an album that we've discussed ad nauseum already tonight. And that was Halloween, Mm -hmm. which got knocked out of my number one spot, uh, quite recently in the past two or three months. Mm. Who wants to guess my number one? Swallow the sun. You got it. Um, yeah, my, I've listened to this album so many times since it's come out. Um, it's one of my favorite Swallow the Sun albums in their career, truthfully. Uh, I, I think it's a perfect combination of everything they've done. Um, I, you know, no, no kidding aside, I'm a fanboy. I'm a, um, you know, uh, I really, I really love this band, but there's something about this album, the artwork, the, if you look at the red, um, it looks like a, like a moon on the cover is actually uh, his thumbprint with his own blood. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so it's really cool. Yeah, I had that shirt. And I was wearing it last night. Actually, I wore that on the cruise, and I'm like walking around proudly wearing my <laughs> Swallow the Sun shirt. I'm like, nobody's gonna know who these guys are, but it was really cool. <laughs> um, practicing for seventy thousand tons of metal. That's right. We're doing it. Twenty twenty three. Right. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm on board, man. Literally, I'm yeah. on board. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen any of those uh, YouTube videos of like when metalheads see each other in the wild? Yes. <laughs> I, I love them, dude. I love them. Man. <laughs> like, That's how it is on on it, especially when you see somebody. Especially on a cruise ship, dude. It's it's so cool because like you meet people. <laughs> Like, oh, you're a metalhead too. All right, let's hang out and talk. Or like at Disney World, I'm like, oh, hey, you, you're wearing a metal shirt. Let's talk. And you yeah. go to a metal show. We've discussed that. You don't talk to anybody fucking else. They're all into metal. But 
it's weird how that how that works out. Well, it depends on what kind of shirt they're wearing. If they're wearing like some classic stuff, and yep. you're just like, "Ooh, like you know who that is? Like I know who that is. We should be friends." Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Basically, um, love that. I'm gonna get in get into some of my um, honorable mentions here. Some of them have been mentioned already. Um, let's, uh, I'm just going to go through the list really quickly and we can touch on upon a few of them. Uh, I agree with Sean. Epica is really, really good. Uh, the Manimal album that came out, came out really, really, really late in the year. If it came out earlier, it'd probably be higher on my list. Um, this is the year of no ice to earth for me. <laughs> So, um, I didn't listen to one Iced Earth album. All Christian year. introduced me, I believe, with you, Christian. This uh, Project Rowan Wolf album, yeah, Edge yeah. of Saturn, really good. If you if you're missing that Iced Earth vibe, but don't want to support Iced Earth, it has check it. out this album. Mm-hmm. Um, a really cool uh, retro sounding progressive band, but they they have a lot of Candlemass vibes as well. This band called Wheel, their album Preserved in Time. Um, in mourning as well. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, this band Worm, not Worm Witch or Worm Wood, but just Worm, uh, Forever Glade. It's sort of progressive funeral doom in a way. It's really cool, really slow, but uh, it's on a, it's on a lot of it in your list too. Um, yeah, it's not really my cup of tea, but I I get why it's popular. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Brainstorm, The Wall of Skulls. Brainstorm I, rules, man. I, I love Andy B. Frank's vocals. Um, I just wish there's some uh, clunkers on this album that sort of pushed it down a little bit for me. What do you think, Sean? Do you like this album as much as I do? Or? Uh, it was one of my 20 that I had uh, okay. shortlisted. But yeah, um, there were some, you know, a couple of songs that, were, that yep. weighed it down. Agreed. It's at my number 25 if we're actually numbering things. Uh, the new, speaking of Funeral Doom, Skepticism, Companion, really, really great album. A lot of uh, background keys that really supply a lot of um, really cool feelings on the album. Um, the new Bellacore album, Coherence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Yeah. It is. Like, Destinity and Dustmorn were both better, yep. but it was really I, I agree good. on that. <laughs> I agree. Uh, a band that nobody really talks about, but I think they're really great, um, thrashy mellow deaths, and that's Toward the Throne. The album's called Vowed to Decline. So you showed them to me when I came over one night, yeah. and uh, they have some amazing songs, yep. but the album is not cohesive enough. Is That's that's the whole reason it didn't make it into my like contention, because there's a couple of the... There's probably four songs that just aren't that good, but all the other ones are great. Yeah. So I can see that. Um, I can get on board with that. Like their next album will probably be phenomenal. So yeah. I'm excited to see what they do next. So they're actually it's, going to the throne. It's really uneven. Yeah. And the problem is it's, you know, like you'll have great song, great song, then crappy song, crappy song, crappy song, great song. And mm-hmm. th- so you just, it, it you know, like if you're listening to it, it starts to fade into the background, and mm. that's never a good. I song. can see that, but but I I the songs that are good are really good. Yeah, one of my pr- favorite progressive um, metal bands. I don't want to pinpoint them any any further. Um, Between the Buried and Me, Colors Two. I was kind of shocked this wasn't in your top ten list. 
Yeah, I know. I, I know, right? Uh, there's just so much other good shit out there. I really, I really like these guys. Um, I know they're they have that little bit of metalcore influence into them, which I'm not a big fan of. But when they break into those Beatles esque moments, it's nothing better for me. It's really cool. Um, another band that I really wish uh, was better. Um, the album in, in whole was better because one of my favorite songs of the year was on this album. It was Mercury Cycle, Mercury Circle, Killing Moons, which is you know they're sort of adjacent to Swallow the Sun, but um, it, I there's a couple of songs on here that I'm just not a big fan of, and that's why it didn't make it higher in my list. Um, this is a band I know it's been on a lot of people's lists. Um, it's one of my favorite progressive music albums this year I just want to call it music that is vola witness mm-hmm. i had it on my my honorable did you sheets. yeah awesome it's a great album uh really catchy tunes uh like except great. for that one that has rap in it that one was i can actually weird. yeah well it's not it's not like overly over the top hip-hop but no no yeah it, yeah yeah he sort of it, it sort of fits so if you listen to it, it, it yeah have you any other guys checked that album out? Vola? It I I, I had uh, Catatonia vibes mm-hmm. from that one. Yeah, Catatonia and Asima, uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very sure. but um like also like a mixture of like hiking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of lot of uh key uh melodies and stuff like that. Yeah. I think they were on um, uh Power USA um, That wouldn't surprise one. me, yeah. Yeah. They're very big in the prog, the, the mm-hmm. prog scene, yeah. Uh, it's Bale of, it's got to be better, got to be better rapping than that video you shared with Alex Skolnick. Rapping. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Did you everybody watch that? I haven't seen it. I've not seen it. Oh, okay, god. I was at work. <laughs> oh my god! You, everybody's got to watch that. Go Google. Uh, what is it? Scully, Scully D or something like that. <laughs> so what it's so, called. I, it's Alex Skolnick being, uh, you know, he he has a message for sure. Um, dig the message, but dig the message crap. for sure. But <laughs> I never expected to see Alex Skolnick in a rap tree. It did make me laugh. Yeah, I mean, it was totally done in an '80s style, which I which I can dig, you know. And I mean, you can tell he's not trying to be a rapper. Or anything. No. So, you know, like, okay, he's just trying to do something kind of fun with a message. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I don't hate him for it. It's just it's no, just no, no, very no. interesting. Yeah, that would be like hating Anthrax for I'm the Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, they weren't serious, you know. Who could hate that? Speaking of, my uh, favorite uh, book of the year was the Frank Bellow book. I just finished listening to the audio uh, version of that this, this past week. It's really cool. Um. All right, going back to my list, Veil uh, of Conspiracy, Echoes of Winter. I don't hear a lot of people talking about them, but I I really enjoy this album a lot. Um, we spoke about Ghost of Atlantis. It's a little bit lower on my list than, than you, Justin, but I really do dig it a lot. If there wasn't better albums, it would be higher. <laughs> um, Einherger, North Star, another album that has some really cool catchy song um i never got to catch that one sean you've listened to this album right that was pretty, on my short that was on my short list yeah it's it pretty was? good okay cool it's yeah. pretty good it's actually better on vinyl i think 
everything's better on vinyl, isn't it? Well, not everything, but <laughs> yeah, that one there is definitely, you know, like if you're doing something around the house and you put that on, yeah, it nice. gives you that energy. Yeah, there's some yeah. really, really great songs on that album. Um, we, uh, a band that I really like that I actually bought the, the, the digipack from like the same time was Ghost Heart Nebula Ascension. We played them on the show previously. It's just really fucking heavy. Um, how would you, des- Sean? You listen to it. How would you describe it? I don't think I've heard this in a long time. It's been a while for you. Yeah. I I definitely recommend uh, everybody check them out. Um, they're was this the symphonic metal group? Um. I, I guess they're symphonic. They have a lot of symphonic elements into them. Um, they're, uh, you know, mellow death doom, but they're they're super fucking brutal at times. I, I really I enjoy think, these. I don't think I've heard this. You haven't heard this. Uh, I think you'd really no, dig it, but, actually. But the great name though, Ghost Heart Nebula. Yeah, that just they're on Black Lion. They're on they're on Black Lion Records, which is become one of my favorite record labels anything they put out i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna definitely check them out you know just add it yeah i think you guys would really enjoy it uh number 14 i guess for me uh i didn't i haven't listened to this album as much as you guys apparently but the new the storm keep album for me um i I took everybody's uh, advice to heed and i checked it out and i really do enjoy it um Number 13 is uh, Tokandra, A Dying Wish. Nice. We talked about that. Uh, then 12, Netherbird, and then Destinity for me is my rounding it out. Um, Did anybody else catch Live Lose? Yeah. We talked about it on the MSR cast I was on last. Yeah. Um, yeah it's it's, it's a really, really good. good record too. Yeah. yeah. That and Wraith were like the two best high energy records of the year for me. Yeah. I mean, going into, well, I'll just mention them. Uh, we won't even talk about them. Flotsam and Jetsam was good. Mm-hmm. The new Zornheim was really good. Um, if you like, you know, talking about like Cradle Phil style, symphonic black metal type stuff, but really catchy. Uh, I really like the new Ministry album a lot. They've gone back to the, sort of like a retro sound. It's really cool. Well, that's cool. Um, Carcass. Uh, I, I want to like this album more than I do. There's, a, there's some cool stuff on it, but it's not like Surgical Steel for me, you know? It didn't hit the same way. Uh, Memoriam, yeah, which is... Go ahead. It Chris. faded out for me. It, it, yeah, uh, I feel that. It's kind of faded out. I mean, it's a good record, but it's... Uh, it's high on a lot of people's yeah. lists, too, you know? It's, it's on almost I mean, every like major website's list. Yeah. But, I mean, it's I, it's it's not that good. Like It's, it's good, but it's not like that good. <laughs> See, I think my, I, I think one of the biggest issues that I have, and I mean, I know it's a personal problem that I have, but <laughs> I, I tend to, you know, uh, compare, you know, established bands to their older work. Mm-hmm. Like, is it better than that, or is it not? That's why I was not a fan of the At the Gates album this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I me just, too. I just didn't think it was very good compared Most. to their other stuff. I mean, it, I. I understand that they're, you know, trying to they can't go back to what exactly they were doing, but I get it. It feels uh, like a lot of lists that I saw are uh, for some of the some of the some of the places they were 
it it was albums they felt like they should include on there. Like, oh, Carcass should be on there. At the Gates should be on there. Gojira should be on there. Yeah, Gojira. <laughs> it, it wasn't people's... It didn't feel like it was people's real opinions on stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm a metalhead, so I should like this album, you know? Right. Like, that Mastodon album is a perfect example, too, because Mastodon's on all these lists. And Mastodon. Like, this album's way too long. It's, yeah. it's like 18 songs or something, and only like seven or eight Half of them, them are good. good. Yeah, I agree yeah. that. Like the last couple of Mastodon albums have been phenomenal, and like this one's just da- I don't I know okay. David didn't like them at all. Dave. I fucking hate them. Really? <laughs> well, this I'm this not, one's I'm not, not good. Fan. This it's one's not, not good gonna, enough to be on anybody's top ten list. But I'm just no. surprised that so many people have put it on there. It's just because people like the name, I guess. Yeah. What about Moonspell? Uh, Moonspell's way. Um, I I liked it when it came out. There's some good stuff on there. It made more sense as a cohesive album than it did like when they released like a track here and there. Yeah, but it's definitely not their best on the best album for sure. Mm. I actually really, I actually kind of like that at the Gates album a lot more than the past two that they put out. I don't know what it was about this one. I think it was just them trying different progressive things. It it was more interesting to me than than at war with reality or whatever the last one was called. I can't mm. remember. Um, but to drink from the night itself. Y- yeah, that one. Um, so yeah, I, th- that was a that was one of those albums. But it, again, it wasn't it wasn't something that I, w- I went back to like months later. So I guess that also says something about it. Um, the, the album that I think Justin brought up or someone brought up that was kind of uh, mentioned as an embarrassment of the year. I have to say Omnium the Gather? the Omnium Gather. I kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. like that record. I don't oh. know why. Um, because I, I, I totally understand why people object to it. Yeah. And for some reason, I kind of enjoy those aspects of it. So me, Sean and I can get down with some of the cheese, cheese sometimes for sure, especially (laughs) with our power metal love. Um, what I think I don't hate it as much as Justin does for sure. Um, it's like, it's, it's it's this band that I love and like everything they've done, I've loved. And then they put out this thing and it's. It's, it's a thing. I will, like, I, I will admit, terrible. I will admit it's, it, 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 it does get boring in parts and very um, phoned in is a good way to put it. It's only I good when think... there's, it's only good when there's no vocals at all. Like the mu- the musicality is still pretty good, <laughs> but like if nobody's singing, you, I can listen to it as an instrumental album. It's just everything else about it is shit. I know one day, I knew one day that uh, <laughs> within a hot topic one day with my, my nephew, and it came one of the songs from the album came on. I'm like, what the hell is going on in here? You're playing Omnium Gather. I've never. I was like, oh my god! All right, it's over now. I but mean, I, honestly, I think what I hated about the album is it seemed. I mean, I could be completely wrong about this, but it seemed like they were trying too hard, like trying to get. No, they are. More, they are. I feel like that. Like it, and it, it. When it sounds it, like if you do it organically, that's one thing. But when it comes across as you sounded like you were trying to do it, oh man, that, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Two that's directions this can Metallica go now. Black album, <laughs> right? There's two directions this can go. It's they're gonna they're gonna continue in the same direction and try to get even more um, poppy, or they're gonna completely 180 and just go in the opposite direction and become fucking heavy as hell again. It's the only way it can happen. Let's hope for plan B. I guess the the best 
kind of thing would be like it it seemed to me like what happened to in flames yeah you know like with reroute yeah. and you're just like ah oh. like you saw that and you're just like oh this this isn't going to be good you know <laughs> they're they're going no don't go there i mean you already saw it a little bit with clayman but you know clayman's yeah. still a really good record yeah and then, agreed you know and there was one or two good like, songs oh. on reroute but after that album it was just over for him, for me yeah that's when you knew right ultimately yeah. that's when you knew and then soundtrack to your escape and it's like what the fuck is this like it just <laughs> it, that playground album oh, sounds of the playground and the, but the one that i was what i was always saying is that they need to accept who the fuck they are and it's they want to become corn right when you listen to their last album that came out was 2019 uh, battle it was battle something right yeah that was you. that was a little bit better because they accepted who the fuck they are and they're it's like all right this is who we are now. well it was you know there were there were some good songs on that album I'll give you yeah. that but like yeah all they, they incorporated like weird child core choirs into like songs and stuff and it just it didn't work at all um yeah. they make really weird choices they've been making weird choices since 2002 well, I, I think they just started making yeah. money dude they just started making that money I think they're just popular now and it's just the the big difference between like from you know the dawn of Inflames to Clayman is that the the songs were structured around the guitar melodies exactly. and then after that Anders Frieden got more power in the band and the songs were structured around the vocal hook. Yep. And Inflames is not great with songs structured around the vocal hook. They're the beauty of old classic Inflames is those guitar melodies where they mm-hmm. look of the song there was no vocal hook. Um, early, that's why they early yeah, hammerfall is classic so Melodeath and stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, like, what In Flames has done is just it's become the vehicle for Anders Fried and fuck that guy. Um, it's but a solo what, band. But what Omnium is doing, I think, is just more just like they're trying to play with stuff like, you know, like the like a song, um, like some of the more clean vocal moments. They're just trying. I think they're just trying to explore that direction. I don't think they're under any delusion that they're going to become they're going to gain a bigger audience by doing this. I think it's just sort of where they want it to go naturally, whether people like that or not, and whether they respond to people not liking it, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but I mean, it's, they're like kind of alienating their, their longtime fans in hopes of gaining new ones. It seems like maybe I, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not, I don't think, I don't want to ascribe that kind of cynicism to them because I don't see any major lineup shift or any type of division in their band where one person is trying to get more power. Anders Frieden thought he could sing and he wanted to go for that kind of role. He wanted to put himself Mm -hmm. in that sort of thing. I don't see anyone in Omnium where it's like, Oh, we want to become this type of band. Now I just think, I just think they think they could do this and they tried it. And I think if they're going to fall on their face, they're going to fall on their face. But um, yeah, maybe I'm just, maybe I don't want to view them that cynically, I guess yet. I'll give them yeah, a chance. Honestly, that happened honestly, with me with Opeth, you know? I, yeah. Honestly, I think I should probably give Omnium, you know, a little break because, you know, <laughs> uh, I actually like Projector from Dark Tranquility. I so, love that yeah, fucking what, album, dude. Yeah. What the hell do I know? Like, and I mean, <laughs> I uh, love they, it. Oh my god, did they piss fans off of that album? And yeah. you know, yeah. they came right back with, "All right, we tried something. We're not going to do that again. Don't worry about it." Like, and then they and then they do Haven and piss off more people. Oh, right. Yeah. You know. That, so one of the things I wanted to show. 
I want to talk to you, Sean, about uh, power metal this year. There wasn't a lot of power metal. Um, like we both enjoyed like the North Tale album, but we didn't really have it on our list. Was there any other uh, power metal that you think would be worthwhile this past year? No. <laughs> no. Straight up. No. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, like, because I'm I'm plugged into you know power metal community online, and yeah, and the biggest thing was that I was getting black metal recommendations from those guys because they're like, this fucking power metal is just a dry well. But this year, you got uh, Fellowship coming from the UK. You got the new Blind Guardian album. You have a ton of different releases. I've already from, heard the Power Paladin, which is really good. Uh, um, yeah, and, and really I've heard good. people talking about that. I saw. I think Christian posted something about that. <laughs> So there's, I think this is going to be a rebound year for it, but mm-hmm. it's Hammerfall fine. It, it's okay that it was a down year for Power Model because you know every year has to be like an up year. Yeah, and, I, I agree. It gave uh, yeah. room for other genres and bands to bubble up a yeah. little bit too. Yeah, and, especially and it, in and our it shifts your focus, or at least for me, it shifted my focus to black metal in a, in a huge way that I needed to do. So yeah. Now, did you hear uh, that? Did you hear that Vandor album? V a n d o r. I think so. I have to yeah, look at it. I, I really dug it when it came out, but it was again evaded. But you know, it, it's a really good power metal album. Um, yeah, Labyrinth had a great record earlier in the year too, but yeah, you know, it was shortlisted for me. But it was, um, you know, yeah, it was just a down year for power metal. Now I have a couple of non-metal albums. Does anybody have any non-metal albums they want to just? talk about real quick because i have three i will also tell you one that i heard just today with uh this weekend go ahead um, it's actually uh here just a minute i gotta bring it up i'll be right back um yep i'm gonna so real quick while you're looking that up uh i'm gonna mention a few on my list uh the stephen wilson album uh the future bite a lot of fun um uh the the shopping song i can never remember the name of that song it's it's so catchy and so fun. Um, I mean, you got Elton John that song, right? Isn't that correct, John? Yeah. Um, Danny Elfman, Big Mess. I've listened to this album a lot over this past year. Uh, it's truthfully one of my favorite albums of the, of the past year. Um, it's Danny Elfman to the nth degree. Uh, it it. it you definitely hear where De- Devin Talman gets some of his influences from. Um, he's a he's an interesting songwriter, you know. Um, and it's just it's just lucky for him that he became so popular doing movie scores and things like that. Um, and the last one I want to mention real quick is the Mickey Dolan's album from the Monkees. Mickey Dolan sings Nesmus. Love this album. I'm a huge Nes fan and was super sad when he passed away this year, but this album came out before, um, and they got to do some of this stuff live. It's just really cool interpretations of, um, of songs that were written by Nez, were sort of done in a different direction. And that was in part by Christian Nesmus, um, his son who actually rewrote and, you know, re reworked some of these songs. um, and uh, speaking of Christian Nesmus, if you are into psychedelic music, uh, he has a song with his girlfriend or an album with his girlfriend called her name is Cersei Link S or C I R C E L I N K Cersei Link. Um, they put out a phenomenal like psychedelic album this year. 
uh, called Cosmologica. Really cool. Mm. Um, there's some heavy yes. stuff in it, uh, a lot of guitar work. But if you like Yes and Kansas and all those like 70s, oh, like oh, dude. all that stuff, I, I think I'm you guys would dig it. I'm down for I love Kansas and Yes and Asia and Sticks, all that other. It's know. definitely influenced by all that. And it's really, really cool. Um, I definitely recommend checking that out. What about you, Sean? Do you have any non-metal stuff this year? Besides um, K-pop? Yeah, I mean, if you want to know anything about K-pop, you can talk to me about that. Uh, the Stephen Wilson album, I mean, I, there were a couple of songs I really liked from it. One of them made my, my year-end list, but um, the tr- the new Churches album I thought was really good. I'm, I'm into, like, pop is one of my other interests and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, finding K-pop was crazy because I I, used to just I heard look the Church's song they did with Nine Inch Nails. That was them, right? Um, with Trent Rizzer on it. They did do something. Was that, it was was that of, for uh for what's the name the Suicide Squad or yeah? No, was it something? I don't like know that, if yeah. it was from a movie or not, but yeah, uh, George it was one of George's favorites, and I actually listened to it today. It was really good. Yeah, that, that their new record was really good. Yeah, but yeah, I got I got a good one. Yes, sir. Danny Elfman. They, thank you. I just mentioned that. Oh, you I'm sorry. I, I was saying I wanted to go piss. Yeah, dude. So I thought you, you got hit by a train, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, I try, <laughs> dude. I try, I'm trying to mute it when it comes by. Like, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. But I yeah, live pretty close to a train too, yeah. so I just. <laughs> yeah. So all right, cool. So you already mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, we sure. talked about it a minute. Yeah, if you want to talk about it, dude. I, like I said, the Danny Elfman album. Uh, it's so good. It's better than it should have any right to be. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's like there's heavy elements to it. Yes, it's there's super heavy elements. It's got that zany Devin Townsend. Uh, <laughs> exactly like, what I said. Yeah, it's just so fucking out there, dude. I love you, it. Man. You definitely hear where Devin gets some of his influence from. Is from oh for the, sure. Because I mean, uh, before you know he became like a famous uh, you know movie score guy. Yeah, and a lot of those movie scores are are weird and quirky and zany too. So yes, it just made sense for him to do uh, a full album of uh these songs and you know when i first heard some of the songs uh what i every week on friday i go to release radar on my spotify check out all the new songs they they introduced me to and some of the songs on there i'm like oh these are not these are weird these i don't know if they work but in the concept of the album they definitely work it works yeah yeah Sure. Agreed. It's a I fun almost, listen to. It's a fun. Listen I almost to. debated putting this in my top fifteen of all. I thought albums, about it. Yeah, but I didn't know how that would go over with people, so I sort of just <laughs> put it on a separate list. Anarchy. <laughs> It'd be crazy. <laughs> the world would end. But yeah, if you if you like Danny Elfman's music, uh, yeah, Big Mess is a really cool album. Yeah. Uh, Love in the time of COVID is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, that's another one. Great song. Yeah. Uh, Justin, do you have any non-metal uh, recommendations? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> Straight up, no. <laughs> I only listen to metal. <laughs> what about you, Christian? Well, I, you know, I, I actually like blues quite a bit too. Um, and uh, anybody, anybody a fan of Joe Bonamassa? I, I know who he is. is. Yeah, I know who he is, but not. He's a great guitar player. But there's this guy that I found this weekend um and he reminds me a lot of joe bonamassa he's really really good blues guitar player he's got a great voice too his name is dusty bow he's actually going to make my list even though it's a blues rock album um but it's 
you know, Dusty and then just B.O. Uh, but the album's called The Vulture and the Fox, and it just came out uh, today. Um, and it's really damn good. I mean, surprisingly good. Uh, if you like blues rock at all or uh, blues or, you know, like, have any of y'all ever... Like, have any of y'all ever heard of a band called The Native Howl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, they had that, where they Bluegrass. were making Bluegrass and Thrash Metal. Um, yep. mm-hmm. On their first album, anyway. Uh, and then they kind of veered away from it, which I think was a big mistake, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it kind of gives me, you know, the, the guitar player kind of vibes of that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, uh, Homeboy could play an, an acoustic guitar. Um <laughs> But otherwise, something else that really surprised me was the Volbeat album. Um, That's metal, though, dude. Well, yeah, uh, sort yeah, of. tangentially, I guess. Uh, I mean, they've continually, you know, they've been lightening up their sound, lightening up the sound. And, right. Um, but this one here, I think they went full board. They're back I've, to, like, early I've 2000s. Heard of, I haven't heard the full album. I've only heard a couple tracks. But, yeah, the same, stuff same. I've heard have been a little bit heavier than I'm used to. The, and they have one of my favorite guitar players, Rob Caggiano, in the band. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my only thing about Volbeat is I like some of their older stuff, and I do like some of their songs. It's just I can't handle more than, like, two or three in a row. Is, any, what, is it Michael's vocals? or? Yeah, they sort of – it's it, all very samey. I mean, I like his it, vocals, but yeah. – yeah, I know I what he's they, going for. He's going for that – Dandy, Dandig meets Elvis. Misfits, Danzig, Misfits, yeah. Metallica vibe. Yep. I mean, all across the board, right? I mean, I've always thought Volbeat was better as, you know, like uh, some songs in a playlist. Like, you, you don't really yeah. want to you, no, listen that. to a whole album. See, but if this, you, new, this new album has like 16 songs on it. Yeah, that's too much. It. It, it's entirely too much. But I mean, but the first is, three albums. That's are just, 15 songs too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their first three albums. Come on, man! Like, no, they, no, I agree. At they're the good. Very least, they were super um, catchy. Yeah. yeah, that had that thrash element to it. Yep. I mean, Sad Man, Sad Man's oh, was a great song. Sad Man's time, that's a great dude. song. Yeah, for sure. They're touring with Ghost, right? That's who they're touring with. Oh Lord. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we're we're about two and a half hours, so I think we're just going to wrap it up. I was going to talk about what album you guys are looking forward to, but we can do that on a totally n- another episode. So um, <laughs> I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Those are our favorite albums of 2021. It was a great fucking year for music, and Fuck it yeah. really, really was. Yeah, it was. Um, some phenomenal albums that are going to stick with me for a long time came out in this past year. Um I appreciate everybody's uh, lists and their opinions. And we had some, you know, I learned about a lot of new bands tonight that I never even heard about before. Me too, man. Yeah. That's just why, that's what's the great thing about this genre of music is, is so many bands, no matter how much you try to keep up with it, there's, you're going to always be surprised with something brand new. And that's one of the, the reasons why we do this show is to sort of highlight our favorites and help, hopefully get other people into a new band they've never heard before. Right. And we appreciate everybody listening to the show over these past, uh, 17 years now. Is it 17 years? 2005. Yeah. 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 Wow. Kick ass dude. Can't believe that. Um, 
<laughs> so thank you to my 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 co-host, the Metal Pigeon Sean, for being with me for these past years and and bringing the metal and the the uh, the 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 encyclopedia of knowledge about everything. Uh, thanks to our the metal detector for for being on the show and and always introducing us to some metal. Uh, thanks to my our new buddy Wolfman Dave from that metal podcast. Cheers, it's been man. a pleasure knowing you. We have talked about doing an Arion ep- episode. So Correct. when Star One comes out next month, that's what we're gonna do. Fuck yeah, dude! Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Christian for his his. Uh, literal encyclopedia knowledge of metal <laughs> of every album. Uh, we appreciate all the introductions of new bands that we've never heard of, and uh, it's it's been a, it's been really cool having you first as a fan and then now part of the show. So we appreciate that, man. For sure, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, we'll wrap it up real quick. So you can find us on the internet msrcast.com or you can visit metalgeeks.net. Uh, we're on all the social medias. Uh, we tend to do more. At metal at metal geeks, but we're also at MSRcast on all the socials. Join us on Facebook at um, the Metal Geeks uh, MSRcast Metal Geek Society Facebook group, where uh, we always talk about we talk about metal, film, uh, comic books, geeky stuff, a lot of memes, apparently, uh, just fun stuff in, in that. Um, you can of course find us on every place that you download your podcast from. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple Music, we're on all those places. So just search for MSRCast or Metal Geeks, you will find us. If you have any uh, recommendations, you want your band played on the show, any of that kind of stuff, send us an email. Yes, an email, msrcast at gmail.com. I will not give you my snail mail address, though. <laughs> no, no correspondence by letters. So. <laughs> um uh, the Metal Pigeon, where can people uh, get more information about you? Uh, TheMetalPigeon.com and The Metal Pigeon Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Very cool. What are you working on right now? Do you have anything big right now? No. <laughs> oh. I just I just wrote like three major things in December. I'm I'm tired. It's January, man. <laughs> give him a break. I know, right? <laughs> All right. You have till February, dude. We'll give you yeah. a break. All right. Justin, where can people find out more about you? Uh, you can find me on social media as at ComicalJC. Uh, I also do a podcast called the Mind Fudge Comedy Podcast, which you can find at mindfudgecomedy.com or pretty much any podcatcher. Just do a search for Mind Fudge Comedy. I do that with our co-host from the Metal Geek Show, George Tripsis, and our mm-hmm. friend Andy. So, Very cool. And uh, Dave, we'll go with you. Sure. So you guys can catch that metal podcast on pretty much major platforms podcast platforms uh we we talk metal that's what we do we drink beers and talk metal so nothing better than that well yeah. whiskey for me <laughs> whiskey and metal is better occasionally some whiskey in there but yeah you got there it. you that's go mm-hmm. <laughs> and christian where can people find out more information about your writing and what you do well you can definitely go to the the metalcrypt.com which has been around since 1999 it's been going a very very long time um, uh, I think I, I started a blog, to, uh, the, po- the post that I make on, um, the, the Facebook group, I decided to put onto a blog and try and push that, uh, oh, great. a few other Glad people. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Dude. And, and I, I think it's, I think I got a Tumblr one and as well as a WordPress, but best metal weekly dot wordpress.com. 
Um, where let I just me know, put the send me the done. link, dude, and I will put it in the show notes, and we'll we'll promote that in the Metal Geeks too and MSRcast for sure. Uh, yeah, and the only other thing I got to say is, you know, go to shows, support these bands, buy their records, because I mean, Spotify doesn't pay them anything. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like I think it was uh, Kai Hansen or somebody said I, I can't remember who, but somebody said that they just got. Like, uh, oh, Kai Hansen answered something about Metallica just broke 1.3 billion listens on Spotify. And Kai Hansen actually commented on it and said, great, they just made 130 bucks. So (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of true. But yeah, um, it, it, it is a great way to find new bands. I mean, I use it all the time. So, yeah. That's what I use it for. Uh, we talked about this on the show. It's like you used to be able to go into a record shop and go, hey, I want to listen to this because this album looks cool. Yeah. That's what I use it for. That's what you should use it for. Still go out and, like what Christian said, support. Um, if I mean, if you feel comfortable going to shows now, but definitely go to their Bandcamp pages. Find out where uh, they can directly get the money from you and, and yeah. support them that way too, you know? Buy the yeah, T-shirts. Buy T-shirts, yeah. They make more money off T-shirts than anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm already saving up money for Hell's Heroes. I'm, I might need you to <laughs> ship me a box back. We can do we that. We can hit at the post to... office, dude. Yeah, let, talk to me this weekend. We'll talk about finding you a place to stay down here. I don't want you to get into a weird part of the, the city. Well, I'm a, I booked my flight just right before the podcast. So I yeah. got my flight, uh, awesome. and now it is hotel, and there's literally hundreds of hotels, and I got yeah. no idea. Contact me this weekend. We'll, I'll, help, I'll, I'll help you through that. We'll figure out All a right. place for you. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us on our 2021 Rewind. Um, as always, we have one last thing we have to say. Who's going to say it? Everybody want to say it on three, two, one? Sure. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Keep it metal. That was horrible. That was one terrible. <laughs> everybody has a different opinion of what one is, apparently. All right, let's do it one more time, everybody. Three, two, one. Keep, Keep it metal. All right. That's about as good as it's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. See you next year. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.